Domino's Mix and Match menu has items for every occasion. Flaked on your friend's open mic night? Flaky bread twists and molten lava cake should do the trick. Soccer team duty? Medium two-topping pizzas and stuffed cheesy bread are your best defense. Is it your dog's half birthday? Celebrate his biggish day with savory sandwiches and tender specialty chicken. Mix and match two or more items for $6.99 each at Domino's. Ask for this offer two item minimum prices, participation, delivery area, and charges may vary. Bone and wings, red bull pasta, and pan pizza will cost extra. Local stores have delivery fees and can charge extra for some menu items. Uh, let's open up the Spreaker chat in any second here. Right about oh, here, you're going to see Bill WD-40, just like that. Pop on in, Bill WD-40, lubes us up for each and every show because you want to go into each and every show smooth. Ain't that right, Bill WD-40? Uh, Ozzy Ange, Von Patrick, thanks for coming on in. Hello, Penny Van. Digger Dog, good to see you. I better speed this up. We are literally running out of time. Uh, let's see, who else do we got here? Scrolling down, Politically Incorrect, it's been a while. About time you got back here. And Local Boy, good to have you here. And uh, let's see, Jose Maguina, nice to see you again, my man. Evan Walters, pissing me off, buddy. Bielsebrad, good to have you here. And uh, Penman, one of those for you. And, uh, oh my goodness, horns up, let's rock. From the mountains of central British Columbia to you listening around the world. This, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bubblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charity. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. What a great show tonight we have. Wallace Wagner, author, preacher, and a man of studious religious knowledge. We're getting into UFOs, aliens, and the Bible tonight. Dirty Filth is here, drawing some cartoons. In hour number three, we'll head to the swamp. Then, little Timmy Senor, our resident Timbit, will be by for the UFO report. All right, I'm pumped for this one. Wallace Wagner comes from a conservative Baptist Methodist environment. Baptized in the Jordan, he has taken his faith so seriously that when he was ordained not to become a preacher, rather to gain deeper spiritual understanding of life as we know it. But in 2016, Wallace saw a white tic-tac UFO craft over his head. This changed the way he interpreted the Bible. Now he realizes virtually everything we've been taught by mainstream Christian religions is incorrect. 
This is a result of re-examining the Bible with a different lens. Wallace has studied early church history, Bible history, and near-death experiences, and shared death experiences as well. He's an avid ancient astronaut enthusiast. He's got a book out right now called Within Grasp. My Evolving Journey Discovers More Truths Beyond the Bible. That can be found on Amazon or his website, within Within Grasp dot com let's hit or dot net pardon me there we go all right wallace wagner thank you so much for joining us on spaced out radio for the first time what a pleasure to have you here thank you oh you're very welcome the honor is mine looking forward to it oh me too me too my friend and you know what this is such a big subject for a lot of people a lot of people because not only do many of us struggle with religion but we just we struggle with what else is out there as well and you're really trying to combine the two uh, are you being successful on that yet somewhat <laughs> i think that's the best answer i can i can give you um i've i've really separated religion and and spirituality uh i used to be religious and I consider myself a lot more spiritual uh, now. So, so for that, you, that's what I'll say on that. So for you, I mean, you grew up obviously in a, in a highly uh, Christian type household. You know, God is everything. Jesus is everything. Do not cross the Bible. If you're good, you go up. If you're bad, you go down. And you don't want to be partying with the bad people. And uh, darn that rock and roll and short skirts type of atmosphere. I mean, but now, you know, when you look back on the way you grew up to the man you are now, how have you changed over the years? A lot. And that, that's a big understatement. Um, you're right. I grew up in the environment that God is everywhere. Uh, God is here now. God is omni everything. And um, I, the environment that I live in now, uh, I'm still in the Bible Belt. I'm in Virginia on the East Coast. And, and, and most of the people and most of my friends, you know, still subscribe to that line of thought that God is here now. God is everywhere. God is omni everything. And up until I saw the craft, which was in 2016, you know, I, 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 I believe that that, that was my mantra. Uh, I've had about every job you can have in the church. Uh, I've covered for the preacher when, when he was absent. Um, you know, I've done business meetings, sung in the choir, had all the other positions, taught Sunday school. And I was really, really into the Bible. That was my, my foundation. But Seeing the craft, uh, uh, Dave, just jerked the rug out from underneath of me. And and since 2016, for my life, you know, the blinders have come off. <laughs> uh, it did cause me to go back and reevaluate the entire Bible and, and do some early church history and, and Bible history and whatnot. And looking at the Bible differently as well as now reading, uh, you know, some other lines of thought that are out there. And let me insert also that it's funny, isn't it, that, that you might go to a bookstore 
And you always want to buy something that already ag agrees or supports what you think you believe. And, and, and what I'm reading now, these books are not in a Christian bookstore, but yet I still consider them quite spiritual and quite truthful. But I've changed so much that I've left most of the, the churchness in me behind. And I consider myself much more spiritual now. Uh, I have learned to meditate. That's something the church really did not teach me uh, how to do. I've learned to connect with uh, my soul and spirit that is inside me and, and learn to communicate, uh, uh, learn my purpose in life and learn that we're all connected and, and learn that the common thread, not only here, but throughout the universe is, is this love, love in such a degree that we can't understand it. And, and it's, it, it's like the blind, as I said, the blinders have come off and, and the weights have been lifted. It, it's what I call freedom in spades. And, you know, after I wrote my first book, Crossing the Crevice, I, I got to sit down and chat with uh, Reverend Michael Carter. Good man. And, uh, Good man. He's, oh, he's the real deal. Uh, actually consider him my mentor and we're very good friends uh, uh now um he convinced me that i'm on a path and he's exactly right i have left the gates of western christianity and gone beyond those gates and i am on i'm on a uh, spiritual path it's my own path uh nobody's pressing me to go forward or backwards i'm i'm traveling at my own speed and uh, I am learning things as I go. My belief structure now is completely different as it was, you know, six years ago. What did and, you uh, What did you believe in UFOs, alien life prior to 2016? Well, I've always been a science fiction guy. Love Star Trek. I mean, I was there for the very first original Star Trek show sit, sitting down in front of the old Zenith TV in 1966. I could not wait for that program to start. But uh, I was indifferent. Uh, I felt that there was perhaps life out there. Uh, uh, but when you're surrounded by people that say, we don't believe in that stuff, do you? You don't believe in little green men. You don't believe in flying disc. That stuff's nonsense. And then you're surrounded by people that, that, that believe that all UFOs are from the devil and uh, they're really demons. I mean, that's the mantra around here, even, even today. Uh, you, you kind of don't want to think about it, <laughs> I guess is what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, you've heard about it, but are they real? That was still a question in my mind. And in 2016, you know, that, that question got answered uh, mm -hmm. in a period of about three seconds. Well, I want to get to your experience in the next half hour here because I, I already have a million questions going through my mind. Why are religious people, and this isn't a shot against them or over their bow or anything, but why are religious people so absolutely afraid 
that aliens are demons, something coming out of the sky. And the reason why I ask that is when I think about it, and I'm not a religious scholar whatsoever, okay? I am, as I tell my audience all the time, I am a, a, I am a big God guy. I, I'm a believer in God. I, am, I would consider myself a creationist, all right? But that's neither here nor there. My religious beliefs or my spiritual beliefs really don't impact what anybody else wants to believe. That being said, when I look at even the Old Testament, and, you know, Earth was built in seven days and everything, we don't know how long those one of God's days are. We don't know if it's, if it's 24 hours, which is a human standard, or if it's 10,000 years or uh, a million years. We don't know. And who's to say that while he was creating us, he wasn't creating other civilizations as well, way out in the cosmos. So where does this fear come from? Well, here where I live, and there again, I'm painting with a, with a, a very wide brush. The, the, the belief pretty much is that the earth is only 6,000 years old because one day is the one day literally as it is now. So God created the earth in six days and then had uh, the resting day, the seventh day. And each day is a thousand years. And they get that from Peter. One day is about a thousand years with the Lord. So 6,000 years is is how the earth is. And, and they point to creationists like uh, Ken Ham and, and McFarlane and, and uh the young and, and people like that, 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 that seem to poo poo carbon 14 and uh, carbon 14 dating and, and support this young earth theory. And I no longer buy into that at all. The, the earth is, is way, way older. And, and you're exactly correct when you say who's to say how long a day was back then, you know, you, you you mentioned you're a believer in God. Well, God exists, you know, in the New Testament as spirit, love, and light. Those are the three attributes, and time doesn't exist. So if if we're talking about God from a realm where time doesn't exist, how, how it's man's conjecture on 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 you know the the one day is twenty four hours and, and there's six days in a week and six days of creation and, and each day equates to a thousand years. And I just don't buy it. The science doesn't buy it either. And uh, in my first book, I, I use both coal and salt uh, to, to really show that the earth is millions and billions of years old, not just, you know, 6,000. Okay. But explain the fear to me. You know, why? why? Well, the, the fear is the unknown, but the fear is that, that God created us in his image. So if there's an entity that's out there that's not, or that doesn't look exactly like us, it must be from the devil. It must be from the other side. And, and there's always the fear of the unknown. And, 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 I think we're, we're brought up that way. You know, you're afraid of the dark. You're afraid to go down in the basement with the lights off. Uh, you're afraid of things you don't understand. And that has been 
you know, a human construct, you know, forever. But it, it's like a God being a God. If, if I was alive 4,000 years ago and struck a match, I would be considered a God uh, because I had a miracle. I could make fire in my hand. That You get over this by realizing that it's science that we don't understand. And if you, if you look at it from that aspect, there's really nothing to be afraid of. So it, it, it's fear. To answer your question, it, 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 it's fear for things you don't understand. You, we all live in our little world. We make our own realities. Uh, I'm a firm believer in that. And if you're exposed to something too much too fast, it's like giving you too much wisdom. You can't handle all God's wisdom at once. It would blow your mind, literally. So you gain wisdom in bits and pieces. And, and it's like trying to convince somebody what I'm going to try to convince tonight with UFOs in the Bible and whatnot. If you give them too much information too fast, they just turn you off and, and, and they, they, they can't handle it. And it's the same thing with, with any, any type of, of knowledge that goes outside their realm of, of reality. If, if it's too much, too fast, they turn you off. So you've got to attack. If you want to attack, that's probably not the best word to, to use. But uh, let's, let, let's say expose your viewpoints a little bit at a time and, and come in from different angles. And, and it may take time. Everybody absorbs information differently and on their own, you know, on their own time frame. But, but uh, I hope that answered your question. I think fear, fear is, is, is the biggest uh, So. Uh, yeah, it, it kind of does. You know, I, I guess what I'm looking for is where did the whole idea that that anything that comes from the stars, any type of life form that comes from the outside our solar system is evil, is demonic? Because God created us in his image. God created this world. God is here now. And we're, that's, that's our sphere of reality. If it's anything outside of that, it must be from the devil. That, that's that's the way I, w- I would answer that. So it's pretty much been bred into us. I would think so, yes, sir. Okay. I mean, you can go back and look at the old science fiction movies. Uh, uh, you know, people landing in crafts, a lot of these B-movies. And, you know, it's always, Annie, go get your gun. But... But as time has gone on now, we've we've kind of been indoctrinated a little bit, uh, even with you know the bar scene in Star Wars, and Star Trek and whatnot. That that at least for me, I'm not I'm not scared anymore. Uh, uh, even if I saw uh, a mantis being in front of me, so uh, I was not scared when I saw my craft. And and maybe forty years ago. I might have been scared when I saw the craft. So what was what's the reaction from the people who trend around you regarding your epiphany about aliens, UFOs being all part of the life experience? I'll sum it up in one sentence. We won't know for sure until we cross over. Uh, they they pretty much don't want to talk about it. 
that that's the way they've been brought up. It, uh, the, the whole topic is, is really just glossed over in church. Uh, uh, you know, the, we don't talk about UFOs in the Bible or that the God in the old Testament flew in a craft. That's taboo. So, so it's just glossed over. They conveniently put it in a file cabinet in their brain and shut the door. And that's something that we won't know until, you know, we're in our spiritual form or we cross over. Are a lot, that's pretty much the, the way they think. Are a lot more Christian people experiencers than what we admit to or what they admit I believe, to? I, be, I believe so. I, I certainly believe so. I, I have sat down, you know, a, a number of times with people I don't know, and, and we, we start chatting, and you would be surprised. Uh, uh, this this topic, you know, you used to be ridiculed if you even mentioned. Now it's not that way. We're making progress. The people I have talked to so many times, they say, you know, I saw something back in 1966, and I've only told a few people about this. But I'll tell you, I saw this huge craft in Tennessee that was over a mile long, and I got to see it for about 10 seconds, and then it completely vanished. And it's stories like that that I'm, that I'm hearing more and more from people from all walks of life that, that yes, it, it's becoming uh, okay to talk about, and, and you're not really ridiculed anymore. But then again, you have, you have people that, will acknowledge that it's there, but they just don't feel comfortable discussing it. And, and a lot of Christians seem to fall, you know, into, into that category. So maybe tonight we can, we can peel back some of the onion and get, get to the core on, 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 you know, some of these topics and encounters. Well, let me ask you, we've got about two and a half minutes left here before we go to break. What do you think then where a few years ago, in the Catholic religion, Pope Domino's mix and match menu has items for every occasion. Flaked on your friend's open mic night? Flaky bread twists and molten lava cakes should do the trick. Soccer team duty? Medium two-topping pizzas and stuffed cheesy bread are your best defense. Is it your dog's half birthday? Celebrate his biggest day with savory sandwiches and tender specialty chicken. Mix and match two or more items for $6.99 each at Domino's. Ask for this offer two-item minimum prices, participation, delivery area, and charges may vary. Bone and wings, bread bowl pasta, and pan pizza will cost extra. Local stores have delivery fees and can charge extra for some menu items. Domino's Mix and Match menu has items for every occasion. Flaked on your friend's open mic night? Flaky bread twists and molten lava cakes should do the trick. Soccer team duty? Medium two-topping pizzas and stuffed cheesy bread are your best defense. Is it your dog's half birthday? Celebrate his biggest day with savory sandwiches and tender specialty chicken. Mix and match two or more items for $6.99 each at Domino's. Ask for this offer two-item minimum prices, participation, delivery area, and charges may vary. Bone and wings, bread bowl pasta, and pan pizza will cost extra. Local stores have delivery fees and can charge extra for some menu items. Francis was asked the alien question and he basically said, Hey, if aliens come down here, I would be more than willing to baptize them into a life of God. I mean, do you think there are major religions like the Catholic religion that are holding back on what they truly know about extraterrestrial life? Well, you, you, you certainly hit the nail on the head with the Catholic religion. Uh, I would love to be in the basement of the Vatican. They have books and stories and, and, and writings that uh, 
you know, they, they don't want to share. It's, they're very protective. Uh, the Jewish faith is much more open uh, to extraterrestrials and, and God being over other planets. In fact, one of their old writings says that the God of the Old Testament actually rules over 18,000 celestial bodies, not just Earth. And, and they, they are much more open. Uh, for, for, for Christians, they are much more, I hate to use the word narrow-minded because that, that would offend, but let's, let's just say they've only been exposed to what they've been exposed to. And that exposure comes from the church doctrine or, or the agenda. Well, I call it the church agenda, which has been in place since you know the church was created, which is the support of one male God and one life to live. And you better get it right now and claim Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or as you say, you, uh, uh, you'll go down instead of up. And, and that it, if you're constantly bombarded with that same information, that same information, that becomes your reality. And that, that's where most Christians are, 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 are stuck at today. And there again, you go, to, you, what, what do you do when you read? You don't go out and buy a book that, that goes against what you believe. Most people go out and would buy a book that supports what you believe or looks at what Very you true. believe from another angle. And on that note, Wallace Wagner, I'm going to get you to hold on right there because we are going to go to break here at the bottom of the hour. And what a great start to tonight's show. Author, researcher, Wallace Wagner, his book, Within Grasp, My Evolving Journey Discovers More Truths Beyond the Bible. Can the two coexist? We will learn more in the second half hour of Spaced Out Radio coming up right after this. Stay tuned. All right, we are clear. Uh, I love talking like this. Oh, it's uh, fantastic. This, uh, it, it, it causes people to think, and I want them to, to, if nothing else, I want them to realize that uh, we have put ideas in their brain, and at some point they need to evaluate those ideas. And uh, as I say, it may not be this evening, it may not be tomorrow, but at some point, if it's in their brain, they will remember what we've talked about and, and maybe they will want to, you know, do, do some examination and exploring on their own and find out truths for themselves. Oh, I agree. I agree. Hold on. I have to use the SOR back scratcher here. Oh. <laughs> And you're a heck of a nice guy. Uh, you're just super, super smooth. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, you know, it was weird. I had a phone call today. For, um, I have a daytime job that I don't really discuss on here, but I have a daytime office job that I do. And I had a phone call today from a prospective client. And I looked at her last name. And I said, are you related to Robin? 
And she goes, well, that's my dad. And I said, uh, the B- I went to college at, at the British Columbia Institute of Technology. And I said, the BCIT, Robin. She goes, that was my grandfather. I said, your grandfather helped me get through college. Mm. And helped me graduate from broadcasting school. And was just one of my great mentors in the radio field. I found out he died last year. I didn't know this. <coughs> but it was kind of cool to share some stories about her grandpa that she didn't know. Well, I don't believe in co- in coincidences. So there's probably a purpose for that. I went to WVU myself and, and studied agriculture, forestry, and business. And I've been a coal miner, a, a banker, a water plant operator, a farmer. Oh, an international salesman, and the list goes on. A phlebotomist, a soil conservationist, uh, mailman. Wow, you did that. You've done everything. A lot. It's been a very interesting life. Uh, at least I can say I've crawled in a thirty-six-inch coal mine and mine coal. Oh. I know what that. I could never do that. Even thinking about it, just I could never do that. It's blacker than space. It's as black as black can be. I bet. I bet. 36 inches. That's three feet. That's exactly correct. I've been in a coal mine as low as 23 inches where everybody had to lay on their sides to eat. Oh, my. That was actually in Pennsylvania. And I've seen coal mines as low as 19 inches wow. where they had specially made equipment. And the coal, of course, was a special type coal, which commanded more money or they couldn't afford, you know, to produce it. But uh, it, it was pretty amazing. We have just over one minute to go. <clears throat> This is fantastic. So are people happy with what we're talking about? Oh, yeah. So far, so good. That's the main thing. So far, so good. We'll get to some audience questions in hour number two. Wonderful. All right. Thank you to Monica for kicking off this super chat tonight. The Super Chat is a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. So thank you. Hey there, Super Duke. Super Duke. In the chat room, Super Duke. And uh, anyways, thank you, Monica. The Super Chat is a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. And don't forget May 19th to 21st, the second annual Las Vegas party. Be like Eric Markham. Show up at the party and get ready for a good, good time. By the way, Paul Holland, you and Eric Markham need to share guitar stories and collections. Here we go, everyone.
Second half hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us tonight. We greatly appreciate it. I want to remind you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go, talking with author, researcher Wallace Wagner. He's got a great book out that can be found on Amazon or his website, withingrasp.net. It's called Within Grasp, My Evolving Journey Discovers More Truths Beyond the Bible. And the one thing that I love about this book is it's got a tic-tac on the cover. What do we mean by tic-tac? The tic-tac UFO. Let's go back, Wallace, as we bring you back in here. Let's bring you back to 2016. What happened? I was a mailman at the time. Uh, that's a job I held for almost eight years. I had just made a, a delivery uh, here in this county. I'm in Virginia, in between Roanoke and Lynchburg, so our audience will, will know the location, uh, Bedford County. I had just made a delivery, and this was in September. Uh, the, the weather was perfect. The sky was azure blue, just a few fluffy clouds. The air was uh, crystal clear. And as I was walking back to my vehicle, something or somebody <clears throat> had me to stop and, and look up. And I was standing out in front of the lady's yard, and I looked straight up over my head, and here was an object uh, that should not have been there. It was white, gleaming white, reflective white. It appeared as solid. Uh, it had no nacelles, no wings, no windows, uh, nothing to support it. Oblong, um, maybe 50 feet by 30 feet, and that is a guesstimate. Uh, you know, I didn't even have time to pull my cell phone out or even think about taking a picture. Um, maybe 1,500 feet over my head, that's a guess as well. I've been back several times uh, to look at it, and all I know is what I saw. It let me see it for maybe three seconds. Then it wasn't there anymore. <laughs> uh, it was beside a little cloud, no disturbance in the cloud. Of course, there was no sound. And I come to realize it either cloaked, took off so fast I couldn't see it, or perhaps as... Uh, some people have told me maybe it went into another dimension. And uh, anyway, I didn't think about it a whole lot at the time. You're too busy delivering mail because there's a time frame. You have to get back uh, to the office before the truck leaves, that kind of thing. So I only mentioned it to my wife and a few friends in my Sunday school class. And then over a period of time, it, it really sank in. Uh, all the questions started going through my mind. Did I really see it? Just what did I see? You know, was it the Goodyear blimp? Was it a weather balloon? Was it a temperature inversion? 
or, or, or as the government would want you to believe. And, and, you know, none of that fit. And then lo and behold, uh, the Navy comes out uh, with the Tic Tac videos that I'm sure uh, most of our audience has seen on TV or the History Channel or on, on the news. And that's exactly what I saw. Uh, uh, you know, what one of the fighter pilots of the Nimitz group came up with the term Tic Tac, exactly like a little Tic Tac meant uh, white cylindrical craft with no windows and no means of propulsion or, or lift that, that uh, uh, at least that our current physics support. Uh, that, that's what I saw. And uh, over time, as I mentioned, it, it has, has definitely affected my foundational belief structure. At what point did you realize you saw a UFO? Instantly. You know, uh, it's been brought to my attention, well, maybe someone in the craft wanted me to stop and look. Uh, maybe it was telepathy. Maybe they wanted me to write about the subject. Or maybe they knew that I would write about the subject. Being an author was not, you know, in my cards for retirement. I can tell you that much. And uh, basically, since I've been retired, I've written two books and, and there's been very little travel, which is really, you know, one of the things I thought I would be doing. But uh, it, it, it has affected me to my very core and has changed. I'll just go ahead and say it has changed me. I mean, I'm no longer the person I was six years ago. Uh, the blinders have come off. I am much more receptive and open to all the religions around the world. And, uh, you know, my studies, I, I do not have a divinity degree, so let's make, you know, let's throw that out there right now. All of my knowledge is, is self-taught. And from reading books and, and watching programs and talking to people like Reverend Michael Carter and and whatnot. Um, but But what I'm trying to get at is that Everything changed for me as a result of that sighting. It, it, it was right. like it was a lot of demarcation in my life. You had, you know, all the time from 1956 up to 2016 was not part of my life. Now, since 2016 up through now and till the day I pass is, you know, a whole nother book in my life. And that's what I want to share with people. What has happened, uh, to my belief structure in the last six years as a result of seeing that craft. Well, okay. So you see the craft and it, it changes your belief structure. What did you do then? Did you immediately start looking into UFOs? Did you immediately start researching what you saw? Well, not immediately. It, it took some time. I was so involved with church at that point in time, teaching Sunday school, singing in the choir, being on a bunch of committees and, and whatnot. And it did not scare me. Let me, let me, let me, let me start there. You know, 50 years ago, if I would have seen the craft over my head, I may not have been able to stand up. My knees would have been shaking so bad, but, but in this instance, 
I was not scared at all. It was like it was some kind of a connection, like maybe I was supposed to see it. Maybe they wanted me to know that they were there. Maybe they wanted me to know that I was being watched and we're always being watched and we've never been alone, which is what I fully you know, believe now. And, and it, it just changed me to the point that I, I eased into this. Uh, I talked about it with my Sunday school class. Uh, and I, I started started reading. And I, I don't know what caused me to literally start to read other than I can just say I saw the craft. I started reading and came up on a lot of books, one, one by Patrick Cook. Uh, I'll show it to the audience right now. This is a super book uh, right here, if you can see it. The Greatest Deception, The Bible UFO Connection. There's so many good books out there. And I started doing my own studies and I really started getting into it. And once I started realizing that virtually, you know, these crafts have been in the Bible since day one and they've been glossed over. Why can't we talk about it? It just was a magnet that pulled me in It changed my focus. And then I really started going everything. I started reading and and thinking and, and whatnot was all along those lines. And it has, it has just completely turned me inside out. So I would say that as far as putting a time frame on it, probably two years. It took two years to switch me from my former beliefs to where I'm at now. At the time when you saw this, you mentioned that, you know, it starstruck you. It, it it really made you look and think and and kind of ponder everything. At any point, did you think it was evil? No, no. I never felt an, a presence of evil at all. Uh, I can honestly say I felt some way, somehow, that it was letting me know that we're not alone. Uh, I'll, I'll say that. And then there's another part of me that says, you know, this may have been or is our own craft, secret government. Uh, I'm big into the secret government. Uh, started with Eisenhower. I put that in, in, in my initial book. Uh, and we've spent so many billions and trillions of dollars that aren't accounted for. And the space force that we have now was just an afterthought to help, I guess, ease the pain for, for what we've already known. Uh, you know, I, I'm a big believer in Ben Rich, who used to run the Lockheed Skunk Works, that said back in the 90s, we've already been out there. We had the equation wrong, but we have that fixed now. And we actually have taken E.T. home. Um, there, there's a part of me that says it may be our own technology. And maybe, maybe that they're exposing it to see how we would interpret it, to see if we would be scared, to see if it would change our lives. So that's something I'm battling inside, whether it was, was truly extraterrestrial or is it something that uh, we have now, how we got it, that's, that's, that's another story in itself. It could very well be back engineering. Uh, I know we have down crafts. I'm a firm believer in Bob Lazar. And um, th- those are the two 
two things in my mind that, you know, I'm banding around is, is, you know, is it theirs or is it ours? And if it is ours, was it really developed from theirs? Uh, it certainly supports that we have life out there. And I felt no evil, uh, you know, from it at all. The, now, I'm sorry for stuttering there for a second. You know, when, when you look at it, though, I mean, that's not supposed to exist. The way you were brought well, that's up. What the you, way that's what you, I know. I know that that's exactly correct. It's not supposed to exist. And, you know, little green men don't exist. You don't believe in flying saucers, do you? And, and things of that nature. But uh, I got news for you. God is even bigger than what you're, you make him out to be. God is is spirit and that spirit is over all the universes that's my belief domino's mix and match menu has items for every occasion flaked on your friends open mic night flaky bread twists and molten lava cake should do the trick soccer team duty medium two topping pizzas and stuffed cheesy bread are your best defense is it your dog's half birthday celebrate his biggest day with savory sandwiches and tender specialty chicken mix and match two or more items for 6.99 each at domino's ask for this offer two item minimum prices participation delivery area and charges may vary bone and wings red bull pasta and pan pizza will cost extra local stores have delivery fees and can charge extra for some menu items Domino's Mix and Match menu has items for every occasion. Flaked on your friend's open mic night? Flaky bread twists and molten lava cake should do the trick. Soccer team duty? Medium two-topping pizzas and stuffed cheesy bread are your best defense. Is it your dog's half birthday? Celebrate his biggest day with savory sandwiches and tender specialty chicken. Mix and match two or more items for $6.99 each at Domino's. Ask for this offer two item minimum prices, participation, delivery area, and charges may vary. Bone and wings, bread bowl, pasta, and pan pizza will cost extra. Local stores have delivery fees and can charge extra for some menu items. Structure now. And there is a multitude of, of uh, other life forms out there. The picture you see behind me now is, is from Hubble. It's, it's uh, a wide field, uh, space shot. Those are not planets that you see, nor are they solar systems. Every little dot you see on the screen behind me is a galaxy full of billions of stars. And around each of those stars, most astronomers would guarantee there is at least one planet. So you're looking at billions and billions and billions of planets. And who is to say that we are God's only creation? I mean, the Bible itself uses the word us, which is certainly open for interpretation. So us is plural. The correct word was actually Elohim, which was mentioned in the Bible some 2,500 times or more. And, of course, it was removed because it was plural. So there's more than one God. That's what us is. You're taught to believe it's God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. That's what it has to be to fit the Trinity. But that's not what it is at all. Us is really Elohim, Elohim, plural, multiple gods, both male and female gods. So when you speak of God, that's really a misnomer. You're really referring to gods, plural. Makes sense. 
makes sense. When you saw the Tic Tac all but brief for, for three seconds, and it changed your life, it changed your perspective effective immediately, do you believe that there was some sort of telecommunication between that craft and what you experienced that day within yourself? I did not at the time, but I do now. Uh, uh, there was absolutely no reason for me to stop in the lady's yard and, and just peer up into the sky. I would have been in a hurry to get back to my vehicle and make my next stop. And that's something uh, you never really did was look up in the sky just to see airplanes or helicopters or kites flying over. Oh, um, of course, we've all done that. Uh, uh, I live on the eastern front of the Blue Ridge where there's a uh, FAA uh, uh, tower and, 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 uh, I see a lot of contrails and whatnot. So I can't say that I've never looked up. Of course you looked up, but, but the timing for me to have looked up and seen the craft for the three seconds, it was there, you know, it, it, I think maybe there was some kind of a connection. Let me, let me just throw that out. Maybe it was telepathy. For a lot of people out there, Wallace, they, they may not understand how three short seconds of a UFO can change your life. Why do you think this affected you so greatly? I was brought up, you know, in the environment that UFOs are from the devil. uh, And you don't believe in that stuff. They're not in the Bible. God flew in a UFO is utter nonsense. Uh, that the God created us and we're own we're his own little special creation and God is here with us now. That that's as expanded as my mind used to be. Some way, somehow, seeing that craft was a seminal point in my life. It it allowed me to realize that hey, maybe that's that's just not right. And the more I've looked into it, uh, Dave, uh, it's not right. Uh, life is out there. I mean, depending on who, who you believe, we've cataloged close to 60 different species already. Uh, it's not something you're going to see in the mainstream media. But, but uh, let's just say people that are a lot smarter than I am, that have their doctorates, that have done a lot more research than I have, would support exactly what I've said, that, that we've cataloged multiple other life forms and we've been visited uh, since day one and we've never been alone uh, since day one and we're not alone now. So so how all this developed that, that we're alone and that we, we ourselves here on this planet uh, uh, have the total connection to the God really goes back to the original early church and developing the, the agenda for what the church would believe. And that same agenda has been carried on, you know, for the last, you know, 1800 years or so. And it really hasn't changed. It's a, it's a one male God get to know God now just not acknowledge him, but really know him. You only have this one life to live and you better get it right. 
and you'll spend eternity even uh, either where you'll need an air conditioner and air conditioners don't exist or you'll be walking on streets of gold the rest of your life with God wiping the tears from your eyes i mean that that's what we're we're exposed to and and a lot of that for me now is is well let's, let's just say it's it's in the past uh, i've gone beyond that I, 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 for me i know that my spirit and my soul inside me was alive before and it will be alive when i pass and in that respect in that respect the serpent had it right in the garden when he said you surely will not die that that was the phrase that was used but the church takes that and says oh well, that must mean a spiritual death I'm not so sure about that anymore. I'm, I'm fully convinced I was alive before I was, I was born. I've had many other lives. Reincarnation is now a foundational fact for me. In fact, it was, it was accepted by the early church. Let's throw that out right now. One of the early church fathers, Origen, who at one time was called the brightest mind the church ever had. He was Greek-influenced, lived around Alexandria, he had his own belief on reincarnation, and it was an okay topic. It was accepted in the early church for close to 200 years. But it's been one of those topics which has been weeded out. And, and for the last, let's say, 1,200 years, it's, it's even taboo to talk about. Uh, so it's what you're exposed to is what you believe. That, that, I'm fully convinced of that. And there, there's a proverb that goes along those lines, too. Of what a man thinks, a man becomes. And if you're constantly exposed to all this, I hate to use the word incorrect, but this line of thought that's out there now, that's, that becomes your reality. We make our own realities. And it takes something like seeing a craft out of the blue to be a catalyst to escape that. You've got to have something to cause you to move. And I use, I use an analogy of a pond full of lily pads uh, in, in within grasp. And while Wallace's computer has uh, frozen there for a quick second. Ah, there you go. I'm not back. back. We got two minutes. Yes. Ah, interesting. Somebody must be trying to cut me off. <laughs> uh, I use the analogy of being in a pond with lily pads, and I've learned I can jump from lily pad to lily pad. And I'm still in the same pond, mind you. But most of my friends are still stuck on the lily pad that they're on. And uh, that's the analogy uh, that I use. Uh, uh, my eyes have been opened, and uh, I see things a lot differently now, uh, Dave. Do you enjoy this newer outlook? I do. The, the 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 weights have been lifted. My eyes have been opened. My ears allow me to hear now. And I realize my place in the universe. And I realize much more now that my God is much, much bigger than the God that I was exposed to uh, in the Bible. Uh, and in church and in Sunday school. My God is much bigger. Uh, 
my God is over everything. My God is full of an agape, or as actually agape, love that we cannot comprehend. Full of grace, full of mercy, full of forgiveness. That 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 you know it it, it makes you realize just how far we have to progress to even get to the point where Jesus was. Now, before I lose our audience, let me back up and say that I used to think Jesus was was a God. Now I look at him as my brother. He's my master. He's my teacher. He's my mentor. That's what I look at Jesus as now. And I view him as my brother. As, and I did not do that before. Right. And the reason I, that is biblical. We can get into that after the break. Absolutely. Tonight we are talking with Wallace Wagner. He's got a brand new book out with a grasp. My evolving journey discovers more truths beyond the Bible. UFOs, are they in there? Aliens, are they in the good book? Withingrasp.net is Wallace's website. Check it on out. We'll be back with hour number two when we return on Spaced Out Radio. Awesome, awesome uh, first hour. I'm sorry, my computer cut out there. I don't know what, what happened. That's it twice happens. it's done that. It cut out once before. That's okay. Richard Minnick, welcome to SOR Chat. Sweet Tony D, good morning to you in the UK. And who else has joined us here? Random Guy. What's happening, Random Guy? Right. Dirty Filth, we're going to turn this magical uh, school bus over to you here, my friend. And that way you can uh, let everybody know about your great website, your great book, your great calendar, and your great cartoons that will soon be making their way to Las Vegas. I think it'd probably be more of a cement mixer, Dave. A cement mixer? Yeah, that'd be way cooler to drive than a school bus. <laughs> okay, you can have your magic cement mixer. I'll be right back, guys. Excellent. Yeah, so if you would like to grab a copy of my book, you can go to filthy.com. That's F-Y-L-T-H-Y dot com. And there's prints available of pretty much all my drawings, links to my calendar, my book. And uh, you can even email me interesting stories if you're bored. Awesome. Hey, are you are you painting with? Uh, is, that's a paintbrush. So it's, is that like a watercolor, or, or what am I seeing there? Yes, yeah, uh, watercolor. First, I pencil it in, and then watercolor, and then afterwards, I'll ink it up so that it'll. This was the one I drew yesterday. Stop crashing! <laughs> it's the man in black telling alien to stop crashing. So uh, yeah, usually come on during the week and draw cartoons with Dave and listen in. And I don't talk during the show because I, I've kind of got a potty mouth sometimes. Well, I'm, I'm very hesitant to, to expose too many of my beliefs, uh, since we're on live radio, but, uh, Dave's supposed to keep me, you know, within bounds. So he's pretty good at that. I'm actually having a good time tonight. No, this 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 is a good topic. We can get a little more specific here, but this this is I, I I love this stuff. 
hope I'm coming is across it, okay. I don't want to be come across as a know-it-all or being pompous. I'm I'm certainly not an expert. No, self talk Well, self-taught is sometimes the best. Yeah, I, I applied to go to Divinity School here at Lynchburg, uh, Jerry Falwell School, which is only 30 minutes away, but I decided not to do that. Uh, I'd rather I'd rather get my sources from a bunch of different directions instead of the same old mantra that's been taught for 16, 18, 1800 years, so... That's yeah, always good to get a couple different flavors from different angles when you're researching things. Yep, that's what I do now. Whenever I go to look up something, I I find something and I try to find subjects or different people talking on the same subject that aren't affiliated or anything, that don't really know one another, because then you can kind of get whatever's whatever's similar you can get together and form an opinion on it. Like when I first started getting into like UFO stuff, I read all this stuff about Bob Lazar and he's lying, he's not lying, and all this stuff. Oh, I've, I've, heard it, I've heard it both ways. But listen, he had George Kloss with him, or George Knapp, I'm sorry, with K-L-A-S, with him. He knew when that craft was going to come out and where it was going to come out and at what time it was going to come out. And it happened. The chances of that are astronomical. So you've got to give him some credit. And furthermore, he exposed element 115, what was then called Anun Pentium, which is now called Moscogium, uh, you know, years before it became public knowledge. So I give a lot of credit to Bob Lazar. Uh, we definitely have downcrafts, and we've definitely been doing back engineering. And we've definitely got things that are uh well let's just say we're not supposed to know of so so the the conundrum is is how do you expose this new method of propulsion and this new energy source which would jerk the rug out from underneath the american economy how do you expose that uh to not only that without creating chaos then they have to explain for all the years why they didn't tell us about this kind of stuff and oh, it's gone on so long now that they've did that. I don't. I don't know how they're going to do it. They should just outright have a press conference. Be like, surprise! It's aliens. Carry on, everybody. Well, I don't know if that. You know, there's well, been though. books written on that. Uh, uh, that that's exactly what would happen. But uh, you know, we live in a capitalist society here in this country. Unfortunately. It's all based upon capitalism, and I'm not down on capitalism. I'm just saying that it has its uh, flaws, and one would be that as soon as that was mentioned, the stock market would plummet. The dollar would no longer be accepted as the currency around the world. The value of the dollar would plummet. People would panic. The store shelves would be empty. Well, we already religion saw, would be turned upside down in a heartbeat. We already saw that earlier uh, the last couple of years. But I got to put you on hold. Here we go. Thank you to Greg and Monica for the great super chats. It's a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. And uh, don't forget our Vegas party. Check the ticker below. We all want you there. Here we go.
You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook, Spaced Out Radio Show. Hour number two of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Krarosis. Krarosis is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as the clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go. Wallace Wagner, we got him for another hour here. He is a scholar, an author, former postman, has a great book out called Within Grasp. My Evolving Journey Discovers More Truths Beyond the Bible. can be found on Amazon or his website, withingrasp.net. Wallace, welcome back. Glad to be back. Thanks, Dave. An interesting first hour here where we kind of broke it down uh, about your UFO sighting the last half hour. You know, when we look at the Bible... Not many of us are searching for aliens and UFOs. You never did before your Tic Tac experience in 2016. And now when you've reread the good book there, what's your interpretation of it? We've never been alone. And those crafts have been there since, well, Genesis through Revelation. I see crafts everywhere now where I did not before. Uh, I mean, let's let's start in Genesis real fast. If God is everywhere all the time and he's here now, how does he go down? Have you ever thought about that? What do you mean he go down? Well, there are let us go down. Either one. I mean, like, let's take the Tower of Babel, for example. Why does God need to come down? If he, he's supposed to be here already. If God is everywhere all the time, how does God come down? I see I've stumped you. You're you're awfully quiet, Dave. I'm thinking. Like, how does he come down from the heavens or wherever he may be? But he's supposed to be everywhere all the time. He's omni-everything. That's what we're taught. He's already here. So if you're already here, how do you come down? To come down means that you're in a specific place to begin with. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's little things like this now that have been opened up to me. And, and I mean, the God of the Old Testament definitely flew in a craft. And I, uh, there, there's no question in my mind now. Uh, and and look, look at Elijah taken up in a whirlwind. Uh, cherry. Domino's Mix and Match menu has items for every occasion. Flaked on your friend's open mic night? 
flaky bread twists and molten lava cakes should do the trick. Soccer team duty? Medium two-topping pizzas and stuffed cheesy bread are your best defense. Is it your dog's half birthday? Celebrate his biggest day with savory sandwiches and tender specialty chicken. Mix and match two or more items for $6.99 each at Domino's. Ask for this offer two-item minimum prices, participation, delivery area, and charges may vary. Bone and wings, bread bowl, pasta, and pan pizza will cost extra. Local stores set delivery fees and can charge extra for some menu items. Domino's Mix and Match menu has items for every occasion. Flaked on your friend's open mic night? Flaky bread twists and molten lava cake should do the trick. Soccer team duty? Medium two-topping pizzas and stuffed cheesy bread are your best defense. Is it your dog's half birthday? Celebrate his biggest day with savory sandwiches and tender specialty chicken. Mix and match two or more items for $6.99 each at Domino's. Ask for this offer two-item minimum prices, participation, delivery area, and charges may vary. Bone and wings, bread bowl, pasta, and pan pizza will cost extra. Local stores set delivery fees and can charge extra for some menu items. A chariot of fire. These chariots of fire go back to, to Von Dannigan, who exposed all this back in the 60s and early 70s. Uh, kudos to him, by the way. I mean, he was the start of a lot of this uh, for people that believe that. And, you know, he was taken up into the sky and and by a chariot of fire. That, that's definitely a UFO encounter. And and look, look at Elijah, Elisha. Elisha. He had an experience with cloaks, cloaked crafts in, in, in Kings. His servant could not see. So he prayed to God that his eyes be open and the servant's eyes were open. And here were chariots of fire, cloaked crafts all around Elisha that he just couldn't see before. The, these crafts are everywhere. Uh, sometimes they're, they're looked at as being spirits. Sometimes they're looked at as being clouds. But, but without a doubt, uh, uh, from Genesis through Revelation, I see crafts now. And, and, and let's talk about Revelation real fast. Uh, chapter 4, for example. Sure. How many times in the past have I read this, that John sees a door open in heaven, and we just gloss over that and keep reading on? What if it's a literal door? Anything that you look up is heaven. What if it's a literal door? He sees a door open in heaven and it's called, come up here. That was a craft, plain and simple. And he was flown around the heavens and we got the description of what he saw uh, uh, in the stars and whatnot. Um, These crafts are everywhere. Of course, you had Ezekiel. Look at Zechariah. Crafts. Um, they're, They're just everywhere and, and the god of the old testament when when the thunders and the lightning and the earthquakes and the winds pertaining to elisha and elijah and 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 ezekiel that's all the signs of a craft crafts you you, you consider paul in the new testament on the damascus road experience the light shone around him and a voice comes from heaven. That voice emanated from a craft just where the light came from. Same thing with the, with the shepherds in the field at night, on the night of Jesus' birth. The, the light shone down around them, and a voice came out. Well, this light that shows around in a circle, uh, where does that come from? Do you think it just comes from heaven or that God just immediately, you know, turns on a flashlight? 
it comes from a craft. It's a focus beam of light. Uh, it's really, uh, it's really, really one of the definitions of the word glory, uh, which is a very, very hard word uh, to describe and to decipher. But it, 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 it's used a lot when you read about the glory of God, you're really reading about the light of God. And it's a bedazzling light, a focused beam of light that is so bright you can hardly look at it. And, and let me make another connection that was never made before. You read, uh, you, you sing Silent Night uh, in church as a Christmas song. The, the second verse is, glories stream from afar. Now I know what that means. Didn't know before. Never paid any attention. And I'm sure I'm, I'm like most people. But these glories, when they stream, uh, there's even a picture in my initial book, uh, glory streaming from a craft. There's a picture of that that somebody drew. You can't make this stuff up. These crafts have been with us. Anytime you hear a sound in the Bible, God speaking, it's emanating from a craft. I'm, I'm fully convinced of that. Same thing with the transfiguration. Some, you have the clouds hide the, hide the craft. You read through the Bible, wherever the, the God rides on the clouds, clouds uh, uh, keep prayers from getting through. Uh, just on and on and on. And in Within Grasp, I interviewed Dr. Barry Downing, who is a retired minister now. He was the first uh, uh, pastor to publicly declare that there were UFOs in the Bible. And he's written, you know, two books uh, on the subject. Uh, going back, uh, the first one was in 68, uh, I believe. And, and he, he, he focuses in on the experiences of Moses and, and what happened with crossing the Red Sea and whatnot. Uh, definitely, you know, the pillars of light, and the pillars of fire, uh, all coming from a craft. And I'm, I'm fully convinced, fully, that, that the God of the Old Testament which you may and most of our audience may feel is the God of the universe. I no longer feel that, by the way, but definitely wrote in a craft. Now, it's not only that God, but many gods of all other cultures from around the world at all points in time, in all other cultures, a lot of these gods came in crafts. I mean, I think of the Apache Indians who, who have an idea who their creator was. It goes something like this. A little man with a beard flying in a disc created the heavens and the earth. Now, you've probably never heard that before, but that's, that's, that's the uh, story of the Apache Indians on, on how the earth was uh, created. And you look, you look at... Uh, Let's say Hinduism, Vishnu, Flu, Vermanas, whole nother construct, but still, gods flew. They were treated as gods because they had miraculous uh, uh, technology that we viewed as being something we did not understand. And so if you don't understand something and this other being has these powers you don't have, you acknowledge this other being as a God. And this is what happened literally 
around the world in each culture, whether you're a Sumerian or whether you're in Greece or whether you were in India or Thailand or Mexico, it's regardless. Uh, they were all treated as, as gods. And I, I make a good point of that in within Grasp. I devote a whole chapter to it. Um, you may remember the old TV show, uh, Black Sheep Squadron, Baba Black Sheep, about Pappy Boyington, who was played by uh, uh, Robert Conrad, I believe. Anyway, that show was based on, on a lot of truth and uh, took place back around the Solomon Islands. And we created a God there. This is how this works. We created a God there. We were dropping supplies uh, to, the, to our troops. And it was a very remote area. Uh, you're talking about New Guinea, Vanuatu, uh, places like that. We were dropping supplies uh, from planes for our troops. Some of these supplies got intercepted by the natives. And when they opened it up, they found cigarettes and chocolates and, and things like that that were completely unknown to them. They, were, they lived in their own little world with no knowledge of what was going on outside. And it, over time, th these planes uh, become venerate, became venerated as gods and, and created uh, what's commonly called the, the cargo cult. And this, this was as late as you know, the 1940s. And that cult is still in existence today, by the way. I mean, we went back and they'd actually made uh, 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 an airplane out of sticks. That was their God. And the same thing applied to Paul. I mean, he got bitten by a poisonous viper. And because he didn't die on the island he was on, guess what? The natives considered him a God. So things we don't understand and science w w that we haven't been exposed to yet, we, we, we just cave in and... and become a little submissive and, and, and treat that entity, I guess is the right word to say, as, as a God. And, and that, that is human nature, apparently, because it has happened you know, throughout our existence. That, that's what I'll say. It's, it's happened throughout our existence, regardless of what culture you grew up in. All these gods were present. They had miraculous powers. Right. Many of them flew. And and if you could fly back, even even Solomon flew. I mean, let's throw that out. As late as, and that that hadn't been, you know, all that long ago. Uh, uh, he flew according to the uh, some of the uh, Ethiopian writings. But I mean that that that's where I stand now. I'm I'm more open to these other religions. Jesus did not come to destroy he came to build up and you know buddhism and hinduism were along uh, you know in existence hundreds of years before christianity started and they're still here now and i i, I don't see that jesus uh, said to go and destroy their belief structures in fact i believe that jesus actually went to india but i'm probably getting off base so <laughs> what about aliens Domino's Mix and Match menu has items for every occasion. Flaked on your friend's open mic night? Flaky bread twists and molten lava cakes should do the trick. 
Soccer team duty? Medium two-topping pizzas and stuffed cheesy bread are your best defense. Is it your dog's half birthday? Celebrate his biggest day with savory sandwiches and tender specialty chicken. Mix and match two or more items for $6.99 each at Domino's. Ask for this offer two-item minimum prices, participation, delivery area, and charges may vary. Bone and wings, bread bowl, pasta, and pan pizza will cost extra. Local stores have delivery fees and can charge extra for some menu items. Domino's Mix and Match menu has items for every occasion. Flaked on your friend's open mic night? Flaky bread twists and molten lava cakes should do the trick. Soccer team duty? Medium two-topping pizzas and stuffed cheesy bread are your best defense. Is it your dog's half birthday? Celebrate his biggest day with savory sandwiches and tender specialty chicken. Mix and match two or more items for $6.99 each at Domino's. Ask for this offer two-item minimum prices, participation, delivery area, and charges may vary. Bone and wings, bread bowl, pasta, and pan pizza will cost extra. Local stores have delivery fees and can charge extra for some menu items. In the Bible. Well, I tell you what, define an alien for me. Something not of this earth. Ah. A life form not of this earth. Well, if uh, I consider maybe what Daniel saw, uh, beings that that appear as having fire uh, and, and uh, a being of light, uh, a supernatural type being, I think that's that's in our DNA. I think we are creatures of light. Jesus transfigured. Jesus was a creature of light. Jesus was my brother, is my brother. Therefore, I must be a creature of light. And in the New Testament, one of the attributes of God is light. In the Sophia Pista, there's, there's a superior example of Jesus transfiguring. It's much more in-depth than, than what we're shown in the Bible. It happened on the Mount of Olives, and all of his disciples are, are there watching it. And these shards of gleaming, glistering light all start to appear around Jesus, and he literally turns into light. And, you know, the words can't describe it. And, and that... That, I believe, is what is in store for us. I used to think Jesus was a God, and I've changed my definition of what a God is now. Jesus is my brother. He's just more advanced than I am. Now, before, you know, I lose people, let me explain. Let me explain my last comment there. Um, it's biblical. John 14, you hear the first half normally at a funeral. You know, I go to my father's house. In my father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I, mean, I would have told you. But later on in that, in, in that verse, or excuse me, that chapter, we're told that we will do things, works interpreted as miracles, even greater than what Jesus did. That tells me I'm a little God, or what I envisioned as being a little God in the past. If I would have said I was a little God uh, when I was singing in the choir in the Baptist church, I probably would have been excommunicated because I, I would be considered a new age wacko. I'm, I don't consider myself a wacko anymore. I consider myself a little God. It's just my past lives and where I am at now is who I am. I am on a path of growth. 
I'm, I'm developing my internal spirit and my soul, uh, you know, every day. And I acknowledge that now that that's something that, that, you know, was hidden before. And, and we're all on our own paths, whether we acknowledge it or not. And we're all heading towards the light, whether we acknowledge it or not. And we're all brothers and sisters, whether we acknowledge it or not. We're just on different paths. We're at different stages, I guess is a better way to say it, of evolution. And Jesus is much, much more evolved. Uh, Let's say uh, developed much more consciousness than I have. But since time doesn't exist, and there again, time is only a construct for us here on this planet. Time does not exist. Uh, There is no time. So I am in no hurry. I mean, you're not going to be penalized for for not being in a hurry. Everybody's on their own path and at their own stage. And with the 8 billion people here on Earth, no two are at the same stage of development. True. Uh, we believe that do you believe as we got about three and a half minutes before break do you believe aliens are walking among us that's a very good question dave uh i have read articles that would seem to support that uh my, my gut tells me probably yes um being that we're all spiritual beings and that includes what we can screw as aliens I honestly believe that that uh, it is possible and and probably likely that aliens are walking among us. I, I, I believe that as a spirit, I have incarnated before. And who's to say that I've incarnated just on this planet? I've opened my mind. Any entity that 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 can fly and. and uh, has has evolved probably has a soul and spirit like i have uh whether you're talking about a reptilian or uh what we call grays some of them are tall some are short or what we might call nordics or or the mantis people or or whatever they're evolved beings of space as i am and i think reverend barbara delong said it best she views God as being a plasmic ball of energy, almost like a dandelion that, that has shot out little seeds into space. Well, you, you froze up again. I'm sure we'll bounce you right back here momentarily. Okay. There okay. you are. There you are. These little seeds all want to become like, like, the, like the creator. And that's exactly what's in our DNA. I want to become like the creator. I'm a little creator. I'm a little God. I I firmly believe that now. It's just I'm on a path of development, my own path. I'm traveling at my own speed. I am uh, teaching, is probably a good word to use, my soul and spirit by using my emotions. And that's, that's, that's why I have this body, is to feel things, to taste things, to realize things. And, and to understand, and that that's that's my take on it now. And, and again, it's from the second part of John fourteen that that 
that I feel comfortable in discussing that. Uh, I'm actually a little God, and, and I know in my future I will be able to perform what is perceived as miracles the same as Jesus did. I'll be like Peter, who actually took one step on the water before he panicked. That's often overlooked, but he did step out of the boat, and that first step he took, he walked on water by himself before he called out to Jesus. So, you know, he got a little bit of what Jesus was trying to teach. And I, I, I wonder how much of it, you know, we really got. Uh, all the Gnostic stuff was weeded out. And uh, I put the book of Thomas, you know, in the appendix of uh, Within Grasp. That ought to be an eye-awakening read for a lot of people. And uh, I put the book of Enoch in there uh, as well. Origin and uh, Clement of Alexandria and a few others wanted that book left in the Bible because it referred to a Messiah. It got kicked out. It's still in the Ethiopian Orthodox Bible, though. But you've got to understand and read Enoch to really get a hold of kind of, you know, other beings being out in space. And on that note, we got Wallace Wagner for another 30 minutes more talk on Aliens Among Us. He's got a great book out, Within Grasp, My Evolving Journey Discovers More Truths. Beyond the Bible can be found on Amazon, withingrasp.net. Spaced Out Radio continues with the second half right after this. Excellent. Excellent. Did my computer cut out again? <clears throat> yeah, for about... Is it my computer? Yeah, it's yours. But don't well, worry about it. It only lasted a second. Well, I wonder what's happening. I mean, I've got I've got a state-of-the-art router, one of those great big Nighthawks that covers, I mean, the whole neighborhood. <laughs> and uh, I don't know what's going on. But What do you got for us there, Dirty Filth? See how long he speaks without uh, for remembering to turn his microphone on. Bigfoot. You put me on mute, Dave. Did not. Yeah, he did. So, so the being on the left is that is that Mothman with the red eyes? That'd Correct. Be, that'd be Mothman. Awesome. And, and then, then an alien gray there as well. An alien gray, Bigfoot, and a man in black. Who sometimes I think are half alien, but we won't go there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's why they're almost always out of breath, running out of power on Earth. Right. You know, an interesting construct is you ever heard of Valiant Thor? Yes. He had the ability to cause people to see things differently. He could walk through all the, the security in the Pentagon. He actually existed, by the way. I'm fully convinced of that. There's actually a picture of him online. Had six fingers. Um, the same thing happened when the Tire of Babel was in existence. And instantly, God changed everybody's speak makes you wonder if we're in some kind of a domino's mix and match menu has items for every occasion flaked on your friends open mic night 
Flaky bread twists and molten lava cakes should do the trick. Soccer team duty? Medium two-topping pizzas and stuffed cheesy bread are your best defense. Is it your dog's half birthday? Celebrate his biggest day with savory sandwiches and tender specialty chicken. Mix and match two or more items for $6.99 each at Domino's. Ask for this offer two-item minimum prices, participation, delivery area, and charges may vary. Bone and wings, Red Bull pasta, and pan pizza will cost extra. Local stores have delivery fees and can charge extra for some menu items. Closed loop system. That, that if you're really advanced, you can change people's perceptions. And the same thing goes with Jesus turning water into wine. Did he really turn the water into wine or did he cause people to think that he turned the water into wine? Did he change their perception? That's just something I've bandied about. I'll throw that out so you can ponder on it. There's a lot of stuff out there that's a little odd, per se. Am I doing okay rattling on, Dave? Oh, you're doing great. Am I, okay, you, you, okay. you got our audience captivated. That's all I ask. Oh, good deal. Dave, I got about a hundred art cards ready to go. Nice. And what are you doing with them, dirty filth? I'll be handing them out to anybody that finds me in Las Vegas at the Space Out Radio Party. I'll let you even shuffle through and pick one out that you want. And will people be able to get your calendar and your book there too? There's a good possibility of that. <laughs> I might even draw in the book for them. I love the picture of the Tic Tac. <laughs> I don't you know when they got the little landing gears, but I always draw them on there. You have the, you have the uh, dimensions just about right. 50 Excellent. feet by 30 feet, five by three. And there's also a little UFO on top of the autograph sign as well for good measure. We got about just over one minute, gentlemen. Well, it was a pleasure drawing cartoons with you. Mr. Wallace, it was nice meeting you as well. Oh, you're, that's why you're, you're the dirty filth. filth, man. Dirty filth. All right. Thanks, everybody, for watching as well. Oh, Have a good night, gentlemen. Night? All right. See you, oh, dirty. Yeah. Cool. Thanks. See ya. Bye, Have a good night. There's dirty. We're going to remove him from the, the fold here. <clears throat> Go like that. Little Timmy Senor. We call him the Timbit warming up in the background, doing some stretching. And uh, let's see here. Big thank you tonight to Monica, Greg, Deb, and Cat Chaser for the amazing Super Chats. It's a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. And here we go with the next half hour, everyone.
we pass the halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. We really do appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot. Read the Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio. Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show. And on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go once again. We bring in Wallace Wagner. And he has a book out called Within Grasp. My Evolving Journey Discovers More Truths Beyond the Bible. His website, withingrasp.net. You can get the book there or on Amazon. Wallace, welcome back. Very good, Dave. Thank you. Got a couple of audience questions here for you. Let's start out with Mark. Wallace, what do you think of the book of Enoch? Well, my initial response is, why on earth would it be referenced in Jude, but yet not in the Bible? That's one of the issues I have now. So many books are referenced or alluded to and that they're not there. But you've got to understand the book of Enoch. I think it's legitimate. Um, Enoch was taken up, of course, uh, the seventh uh, of Adam. And he was told to write things down that he saw. So what we have out there uh, uh, is, is, you know, a glimpse of what he saw. And you really need to understand that, that, that all these angels were responsible for doing specific things. And a lot of these angels were mentioned. Another point that Enoch makes is, is that there's levels in heaven. Now you may, you know, that may be an off topic for some people, but, let me tell you that Enoch, the book of Enoch says we all go to the third level uh, when we die. Perhaps that's where paradise is, is the third level. So not to blow your mind, but there's definitely levels in heaven. Now, where is this referred to? It's referred to in uh, Corinthians uh, by Paul, that he once knew someone who went to the third heaven. And I've had preachers over the years multiple times tell me, well, that's up above the stratosphere where the birds live. Wrong. The third level in heaven is where we all go. All the original uh, uh, apostles and a lot, all the early church fathers were aware of the book of Enoch. And it, it specifically states that that's where we go. That's what that was referring to. Uh, the third level in heaven. The book of Enoch was taken out as a compromise because it refers to the Messiah and the uh, the Jewish people at the time did not want that, you know, in one bound book. Uh, uh, <clears throat> so so it, it got weeded out. But uh, some of the early church fathers like Clement of Alexandria, Arrhenius, uh, Origen, they wanted it left in. And it's still in the Ethiopian uh, by Orthodox Bible, and it's still out there in print. And and I put the entire online version 
by R. H. Charles in in the appendix of of uh, within grasp. Another interesting thing is, guess who's on level two, according to Enoch, the Gregory. And who are the Gregory? Well, those are the angels who left their abode that were in chains. They are on level two weeping. But we, when we die, we go to level three. And that's, that's, that's all I'll say on that for now. Very Let's rogue. Let's get some, very, get some very more questions. Uh, Cannoli Theory, what are your thoughts on Mothman? Ah, well, I am from West Virginia. Uh, I have studied some Mothman. Too many people saw something at the time of the Silver Bridge collapse to dismiss it. So I know they saw something. Now, what that something was is open for interpretation. Uh, most most of the reports are a being with red eyes. There's always the red eyes and, and some type of perhaps wings, uh, a dark entity that would show up in certain places. I guess my thought on that is, is it really happened, but my brain tells me that I'm not real sure on what it was. Was it a dark angel? Was it an entity that that wanted to claim its own? I mean, are we all children of the same God? I've I've questioned that before, since since my belief now is that there are many gods and many other entities out there. Um, you know, is everybody on this planet from the same God out of the plethora of gods that exist? Uh, that's just something to think about. You know, why why did the Mothman show up at the timing of the collapse of the bridge? And why hasn't he shown up since? They, those, those are the real questions. Uh, and I, I, I really don't have an answer. All right. Let's, other go, than what let's go to another question. And let's go to Sovereign here who is asking, please elaborate on long drawn out cosmic war that the rebellious fallen angels created? And do you think the final battle between God and Elohim versus fallen Nephilim takes place in Haifa? Uh, no, I don't. Um, there, there, was a, there was a long uh, war. There's been wars in heaven, and there's probably wars in heaven right now as I speak. Um, when you say God and Elohim, that's a misconstruct. Uh, I, I, that does not relate to me because God is Elohim, or Elohim, and I see the final battle on Earth being Earthlings versus space beings. Uh, that that's what Armageddon is uh, uh, to me. And a, a verse that comes to mind is Daniel chapter ten, which is, <clears throat> again is. Uh, I've only heard one sermon on Daniel chapter 10, and I did it. <laughs> um, Daniel's was very uh, espoused, very well thought of. His prayers were always heard. Now he was praying, and he gets a visitation from Gabriel. And Gabriel does fly, by the way, which is uh, referred to in chapter 9. He flew in swiftly. And he didn't fall from the sky. 
he flew in a craft. But but he explains to Daniel why his prayer took 21 days to get answered. It was heard, but it wasn't answered for three weeks. And it wasn't answered because of spiritual warfare. And this spiritual warfare must be going on even as we speak. I mean, it's referred to, you know, in Ephesians, uh, in, in the New Testament. And there, there are forces out there. Uh, and as Linda Moulton Howell would say in her book, there is evil out there. And even the beings are cognizant of that fact, and they're even afraid of it. So uh, there's malevolent and benevolent forces out there. Let's, let's just take comfort in the fact that the gods that have visited us in the past and that are with us now have not come to destroy, but have come to teach and enlighten. And I'll, I'll put a period after that. Atlantis has found is asking, have the aliens told you the date they will come? No, no. Um, you know, if, if I did and I, w- I was to share that, I would be probably looked at as a, as a false prophet. I'm not big on setting dates because dates really don't exist. Time doesn't exist. Uh, we want to think that everything out there revolves on our time scale and none of what is out there uh, revolves on our time scale. So uh, there, I haven't had any communications with aliens. I know Brother Reverend Michael Carter has had encounters. Uh, I have not had that as yet, so I can't set a date. All right, let's ask another question here. This one from Brown Dwarf. What are your thoughts of giants in the Bible? Well, my thoughts uh, are pretty firm on that. Definitely existed. Look at Og. His bed was some 13 feet long, 8 feet wide. You look at a lot of the ancient structures around the world that have been created with rocks. uh, Some of them weighing in excess of 70 or 90 tons. You look at a lot of the structures that have been made in Sardinia, uh, in Greece, other other places around the world that, that were made with large beings. You look at a lot of the pictures, a few that have been confiscated. And, of course, you want to believe what's in your Bible. Did, they, did uh, giants exist? And I believe they really did. A lot of it has been covered up uh, today. I mean, you can go to Snopes and, and read that all the pictures have been doctored. So, no, you know, giants didn't exist. Well, they did exist. Uh, I've got almost a nine-foot human being in a picture in my initial book, Crossing the Crevice, standing beside, you know, a regular-sized human. You look, you, you look at all the mounds in the Ohio Valley by the Adena people. Uh, some of them have been uh, x-rayed and a few have been plundered. But there's skeletons in there that are over eight feet long. I've been to Egypt and to the Cairo, Cairo Museum. There are caskets that are nine feet long. I mean, why have a casket nine feet long if back then you were only five and a half feet tall? Giants definitely existed. And I believe that they existed because of what happened in, in uh, Genesis 6. All right, new question here. Let's go to Sovereign. 
Are you familiar with the origins of the Essenes? If so, what can you tell us about their role in the creation of true Christianity? Yes. Uh, there's a lot of you know, material out there. Was Jesus an Essene? I believe, I believe that he did have that training and did have some of that background. The Essenes were really a group of spiritual people that lived in Qumran on the outskirts of uh, Jerusalem, both, mostly in caves. They, they, they helped form the early church in a way. They, they lived in communes where everyone had a gift and everyone supplied their gift and was cognizant of their gift to, to build up their, their commune. And they were very spiritual and, and really, in a way, practiced Gnosticism. And, uh, you know, I believe that Jesus was part Gnostic and that a lot of the Gnosticism should have been left within the Bible, but it was so far out there that it just got weeded out. It was a thorn in the early church's side. And uh, there you have it. But the Essenes played a role, I believe, at least what my studies have taught me in the early church, which the early church was a commune, a group of people in an area where they all contributed uh, to the good of society. And in a way, we got a, you know, we definitely got away from that uh, to what we call church today. And I, I, in a way, I wish we all would be much more cognizant of the fact that our purpose here, or one of our purposes here, is not to only love our brother and sister, but to build up the community uh, instead of tearing it down. Gong Show wants to know, in your opinion, what is a UFO? Well, guess what? Now, they're really called UAPs, Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon. We don't, phenomenon. Use, we don't use that term on this show. We don't? No, okay. because that's a government term. That's not a real ah. investigative term. Okay, then we'll stick with UFOs. I worked with a fellow who, who taught at Liberty University, Jerry Falwell's conservative school, which is about 30 minutes from where I live. He says, we don't call them UFOs anymore. We call them crafts. And that's going to stick with me the rest of my life. <laughs> I call UFOs crafts. Um, are they unidentified? Well, they may be to us, but they're certainly not to the beings that are in them. Um, let me let me just say that we've been visited from day one. Crafts take many forms. They've been with us all along. They're with us now. That we only see a very small percentage of the light spectrum, something like a little over 300 nanometers. We don't see the X-rays and the radio waves and the gamma rays and the ultraviolet on either end of the spectrum. And who's to say these crafts aren't out there now that are cloaked? We just don't see them. We're being watched all the time. What do you think a watcher is? How do you think a watcher watches us? Why do you think, uh, you know, the, the women were supposed to be covered in veils when they, when they prayed so the watchers wouldn't see their face? Goes back to Genesis 6 again. I mean, we have watchers all the time. These watchers are probably also angels. And we, how do you think an angel moves? How do you think an angel presents his or her prayers 
uh, to the Father at the throne. You know, we have this construct that angels fly around, that all angels have wings. And that, that's not biblically correct either. A lot of the angels just look like you and me. I mean, you could answer the knock at your door and not realize you're actually opening the door to an angel because he looks like you or me. So angels can take, you know, multiple forms, but an angel is nothing but a messenger or a, a spirit of God. And I believe that they also are cloaked many times. So that's what I'll say on that. Let's go to Tony in the UK. Wallace, could you explain your thoughts about angels? Yes. Uh, um, I, I view them, as I just said, as messengers. One of their main reasons for existence is to watch over us and present our prayers uh, to the Father. They, they gather our prayers. They listen to our prayers. They interpret our prayers, and they present our prayers to the Father. They also do the Father's bidding. Now, whether they're cloaked or whether you see them, that's, that's two different things. But I definitely believe they fly in crafts like Gabriel did. And I definitely believe that sometimes they were construed as gods. So, so there you have it. Are, are they God? Well, I'm going to leave that up to the interpretation of the watcher or, or the viewer. But uh, for me, they're not God. Okay? They, they are an enlightened being much more advanced than you or I. Let's go to Eric. What do you think of the gospel of Judas? I think Judas got a bad rap. <laughs> um, you know, to handle the money back then entailed responsibility. I think Ju Judas actually had a role to play based on timing. And he played it very well. I think Jesus, Judas knew that uh, he would be ridiculed and go down in history as being a betrayer. Uh, he played his role very well. And I don't believe, and this is a personal thought, that Jesus would have chosen him to be a purposeful traitor. I think he chose him because he knew he could trust him to play out his role at a specific point in time and play it out very well. He did. And that, that's what I'll say about that. Makes sense. All right. Let's continue on. Let's go to Deb. Deb is asking, have you been able to share your views with the Christians you grew up with, or do they now tune you out? Oh, I've been asked that before, and that's a pretty good question. Um, right off the cuff, I'll say that that's a little bit hard to answer because I no longer subscribe to any one church. Um, there is no church around me where I live that, that shares the same beliefs that I do. So I no longer go to the churches I used to. In fact, I wake up on a Sunday and it's a decision made then as to whether or not I go to church or to what church I go to. I can be Presbyterian, Disciples of Christ, Lutheran, Baptist, Methodist, 
independent. I mean, just whatever I want to go to now. So I, have, I haven't had any long conversations with them. I've had a few short conversations with some friends and whatnot. And pretty much they're still closed-minded on the subject. Uh, pretty much they still attend uh, you know, the services and believe the way they always have. Um, pretty much they continue to go to the Bible studies and to the Sunday schools they always have because that's where their 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 friends are. Well, I still consider, you know, the people I went to church with in the past my friends. It's just I don't associate uh, with them much anymore. I've I've seeked out people that that share my beliefs, that feel comfortable talking to me, uh, that have something to share with me that, that that can teach me, and I can feel comfortable sharing my beliefs with them. Those are the people. I, I seek out now. Let's go to the Doug Shelby, who is asking, what's your opinion on the Da Vinci Code? And do you believe Mary Magdalene was Jesus's partner? She's obviously very, very special to him, witness in his execution. Several questions there. Uh, I did see the movie, The Da Vinci Code. I did not read the book. However, a friend has recently given it to me, and it's about number eight or nine in my list to read over the winter, and I'm running behind. So I don't have a lot of specific comments. Oh, you seem to have frozen again. Movies are, there we go. Lots of times movies are, you know, watered down. I'll make a general comment behind every myth. There's a fragment of truth and uh, there may be some truth there. As far as Mary Magdalene goes, uh, I don't want to get in trouble for saying this, but I, I'm almost convinced and by almost, I'm going to say 90% that they were married without a doubt. I mean, that, that, that's what I think. And that the wedding at Cana may have very well been his own wedding. We don't know whose wedding it was, but it may well have been Jesus's own wedding. They were too close and she was too close uh, all throughout the, the two and a half to three years that, uh, you know, he was teaching uh, to overlook that fact. And who was who was first at 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 the, at the cave? You know, it was Mary Magdalene. One Go more. Ahead. We got thirty seconds. One more question for you from YJ. Any thoughts on the Renaissance painting, glorification of the Eucharist? <sighs> well, I'm I'm going to have to withhold my thoughts on that since we're on on public radio. I do have a a, a couple of thoughts, but you know. It, I'm going to withhold them. So the answer is no, not right now. And I think we'll have to keep that answer in. Will, Wallace Wagner, thank you so much for coming on Spaced Out Radio. What a pleasure to have you here and breaking down everything uh, regarding UFOs and the Bible and your new interpretation. Good luck with your book, Within Grasp. My Evolving Journey Discovers More Truth Beyond the Bible. To be found at withingrasp.net or on Amazon. Coming up next, we're going to head to the swamp. Our resident swamp dweller joins us. Then, little Timmy Senor 
has a UFO report right after. Stay tuned. Spaced Out Radio continues after this. We are clear, my friend. We are clear. Awesome. Awesome. I enjoyed those questions. Those were good questions. Yeah, the audience is pretty brilliant. Pretty brilliant. I know there was a couple questions. We just ran out of time, so I apologize if you didn't get your uh, questions answered. But uh, appreciate you coming on in, Wallace, and we'll uh, stay in touch. It's just you and me right now, right? Well, the YouTube audience can hear us, yes. They, they can. Hi, YouTube. Um, interesting topics tonight. I have a lot of the old paintings uh, that have been done in the Renaissance period and in the early church period in my original book, Crossing the Crevice. And uh, that was a ri- that first book I did was originally in color, by the way. It was an eight and a half by 11, but it was very expensive. So we narrowed it down to an eight by 10 grayscale, which is a lot uh, less expensive. I learned a fast lesson that as soon as you put one color picture in the book, the whole book becomes color by definition and ex- you know, exponentially more expensive. Excellent. But if you want to see a lot of crop circles and high resolution and a lot of the old paintings and, and uh, glyphs from from around the world, it, I have some in Crossing the Crevice. All right. My friend, we got to let you go. we got to get ready for the next hour. But uh, thank you so much, Wallace. Appreciate that. Take care. Thank you all. God bless. Bye-bye. Wallace Wagner, everybody. That was awesome. Absolutely awesome. I'm going to step away for a couple of minutes. Then little Timmy Senor will be here momentarily. Be right back.
I really expected the chat room to be a little bit more hasty tonight. I'm glad it wasn't. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate that. Hi, Paramarv. How you doing? <coughs> hmm, excuse me. It's almost time for the Tim bit. Our story tonight's five minutes, 42 seconds, Timmy. <clears throat> Big thank you tonight to Monica, Greg, Deb, Cat Chaser, Jeff, Atlantis, and Steve for the super chats. Very much appreciate your love and support, guys. Thank you so much. We want to see you all in Vegas. And if you can't make Vegas by checking the ticker below, come down to San Francisco, March 17th through 19th, UFOCon 2022. I will be there. Love to see you there as well. Here we go. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. Third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in to us on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club, Krarosis. Krarosis is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the news, wire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. It is time once again to head to the swamp. Our resident swamp dweller takes us on another spooky journey. Hi, Spaced Out Radio listeners. This is Swamp Dweller. It's time for your nightly dose of spookiness on the show. If you have an interesting encounter or a spooky story that you would like to share, be sure to submit them in at swampdweller.net. You can also find our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash swampdwellerreads. Now, let's chill out, relax, and together, let's enter the swamp. This was 1998 when this happened. An old friend of mine asked me to go camping with him. I hadn't been since I was about 12, so I agreed. It sounded fun, and I was excited all week leading up to the trip. I didn't get much sleep the night before because of it. He picked me up just after 5am, and we drove the 100 miles to the park. I managed to get a bit of sleep on the ride, so I felt a little better when we arrived. Then, he dropped the bomb on me. We still had to walk another two hours to the campsite. I tried to talk him into choosing a closer one, but he swore I'd love the one we had when we made it. <sighs> With a heavy heart, I followed him. The first half hour wasn't that bad, I guess. 
most of it was downhill. However, as more time passed, I became sluggish. Halfway there we took a short break, but were back on the trail before I knew it. The second leg was a lot more uphill. It wasn't long until I was dragging again and not paying attention to where I was stepping. We arrived at a flat section and I was relieved. My friend was in front and somehow missed the trap, but I didn't. All I remember was that one second, I was clomping along and hitting the ground. The contact with the bottom of the hole jolted me awake and the rush of adrenaline masked most of the pain. As I stood up, my right ankle buckled and I dropped down onto a sharp stick jutting out below me. Apparently, there are several more stakes in the bottom of the hole, but they had been knocked over, thankfully. When I looked down, I saw the bone sticking out of my shin. Instinctively, I pulled the stick from my leg and the pain made it me even queasier than I already was. I looked up to get an idea of where I was and only saw a blue sky edged by trees. I figured the hole was only about 10 feet deep or more. It must have taken the idiots that dug it several days. I yelled up for my friend only to see his laughing face greet me over the edge. He didn't know the extent of my injuries at that moment, but when I told him, the laughing stopped and panic replaced it. I asked him what happened, and he told me it looked like some redneck poachers had dug up some type of bear trap and I'd fallen into it. I assumed he could simply reach down and pull me out, but that didn't work. So next, he attempted to reach me where I was with the tree limb. This worked at first, but when I tried to stand up, the pain was far too severe. I couldn't put any weight on my right leg. It was obvious I wasn't getting out of this hole without outside help. It was still early in the day, so I wasn't too concerned. I could hear my friend pacing around above me freaking out, so I called up to him in a calm voice and told him to get help. The ranger station was a little way, probably about an hour. He could easily get help and make it back with plenty of time before dark. Once he took off, I was left alone with nothing but the pain to occupy my time. By this time, it was now coming in waves, and accompanying nausea wasn't making it any better. Initially, I thought I could make a splint, but the moment I tried to tighten it down, I almost fainted. Leaving it alone seemed to be the best decision. I put my head between my knees and waited for the sick, dizzy feeling to pass. Eventually it did, and I tried to focus on other things. Singing worked for a while. That is until I started hearing thunder and noticed the sky above me getting darker by the minute. Getting a little wet wasn't going to kill me, right? Perhaps I should have considered my circumstances before saying that. The rain was relatively light at first, but within minutes it was coming down in sheets. I was okay until I began to notice the hole filling with water. That's when my panic began to rise. My feet were already submerged by the time I realized I was in trouble. I clawed my way up the wall until I was standing, at least the best I was able to, and started praying for it to stop. As the minutes passed, more of my body disappeared. After an hour, the storm began letting up and I could relax just a bit. The water level was only about halfway up to my shins, and I knew now, if it continued at that rate, I would be long gone before help arrived. Unfortunately, it was just a lull in the storm. Soon enough, the rain was sheeting down again. I tried to remain positive about the whole thing. I tried to take my mind off the pain in my leg. I tried to be upbeat, thinking back on funny jokes and movies. 
The next hour was the longest of my life. When help finally arrived, the rain had almost completely stopped. At the time the ropes pulled me out, the water was just below my belt. Thinking about drowning to death in that little hole, out in the middle of nowhere, still gives me the willies. Once I was out of the hole, the ride to the hospital felt like it went very fast. After a surgery where I acquired some screws and a few plates, I was allowed to go home. The next eight weeks on crutches would drag by, but I was happy to be alive, broken leg or not. We never got to make up for the lost trip, but I have taken my kids out camping a few times in the years since. While it's on my mind, I might give my friend a ring. We haven't seen each other in a few years, and a camping trip may be the best way to catch up. I'll make sure to keep my eyes open this time, though. And that's why we love the Swamp Dweller around here, taking us on a spooky journey each and every night, Monday through Friday, to kick off hour number three of this show. If you love his stories or more, go to his YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Swamp Dweller Reads, and you can listen to thousands of stories just like that for free. From the swamp to the stars, it's time for the UFO report. Let's bring in little Timmy Senor. Nobody's going to know. They're going to know. Timmy Senor, it's time for us to do this radio show once again. And uh, what is happening, my man? Not too much. Not too much at all. Just doing the thing up here in beautiful Oregon, USA. How are things up in your neck of the woods? You're looking sharp, buddy. Your hair and beard combination is tight. It is. It is tight right now. And, you know, <laughs> it's... Uh, it's hard to come by around these having a good hair and beard day, you know, ever since I chopped off my beautiful locks, but that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're looking great, man. Are you still on the regiment? Cause it's looking like you lost weight too. I, Am I, I did, you? but I got to get back in the gym. I've kind of, yeah. I've kind of let that slip a little bit. I've just been really tired lately and I've, but I got to get back. I got four months to get ready for Las Vegas, so I look pretty just like you do. And, uh, you know, that's <laughs> all that matters. Time is flying, buddy. I know. Yeah, and you're looking good, though, bud. You've already made leaps and bounds, so just keep it up. Yeah, as I drink a, an iced tea here. Hey, cheers. I'm having a hot tea. Same. Yeah, very nice. Very nice. You know, last week was a very, very... Weird, strange, difficult, political UFO week. And, man, I'm glad we're through last week, man. I am really glad we are through last week and and moving on to something different, something new here, man. Because, you know, between MUFON, between Enigma, between UAPX, it's all I can handle, man. It's all I could handle. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm about to bring another layer. Oh, no. Oh, no. Did you read our first headline? <laughs> it's me... good news. Is there really good news in the UFO? <laughs> uh, NATO contemplating UFO space traffic? 
What is this about? Yep, and in the subtitle there, you'll see that the Scientific Coalition for UAP Studies urges the Alliance, NATO, to create an open source database. And so it, you know, interesting to consider wondering whether or not to even waste time figuring out what makes this um, anthropomorphic. Ah, I'm not even going to bother with that word, but it's it's a very interesting topic. And so it has been brought forth. And so according to NASA, more than 85% of the stuff that we have up in space orbiting our planet is dead satellites, spent boosters, discharged mission dross, etc. And it's all about softball size or larger. And so factor in another half million shards of the size of pencil tips, plus an estimated 100 million artificial particles on a micrometer scale. And so the odds of that safe and event-free deployment in low Earth orbit, or LEO, is shrinking. And so with that growing uncertainty, the accelerating vulnerability of such international asset uh, vulnerability is starting to become a topic in front of NATO. And so last year, after monitoring lively UFO discussions at the Scientific Coalition for UFO Studies conference in Huntsville, Alabama, a Defense Department employee was sufficiently impressed to contact SCU co-founder Rich Hoffman with a proposition. The Supreme Allied Command Transformation Branch of NATO was sponsoring another round of space policy discussions. And so this was in Italy this time with the innocuous workshop title of Space, Exploring NATO's Final Frontier. Question, would you be interested in attending and speaking? And Hoffman replied, yes, emphatically. And so moving forward and addressing the UFO topic wasn't necessarily on NATO's program agenda. The great taboo would have slipped into time block and devoted to, um, you know, economic impact of expanding the Alliance sphere. But it was pretty clear that at least a few stakeholders wanted to push NATO's margins. After all, they invited Ryan Graves to speak in Italy as well. And so it looks like data was put forth, and now two months after NATO's, excuse me, mid-November two-day conference in Bologna, Hoffman offers a quick explainer about how the Allies are fractured over the UFOs as a shared interest. So keep in mind, in this quote, he says, keep in mind that NATO is funded by every country, Hoffman said, and that only about eight of the 30 members have actually paid their full bill. A lot of the other countries are struggling to pay the 2%, and they're required to pay it. So with things being so up in the air in the world right now, you could have a situation where NATO is interested in UAP, but other countries just aren't on board to choose and may just ignore it. And so it's not like the United States from the context of our government saying they just want to do something about it, then get everyone's support and move forward. So, Dave, what are your thoughts about bringing this serious topic before NATO and getting SCU on board to help us talk freely about it there? 
Well, you know, anytime we can have discussion about this, it's a good thing. Let, let's be honest. It is a good thing. What are they talking about, though? Because I think the problem that we have in this conversation is it's very one-sided towards the nuts and bolts of everything. Remember, if these things are coming into our sky, okay, something has to be flying them. If they're drones, who's flying the drones? If they are extraterrestrial, who is flying these craft? And we don't seem, or let's go back to the TTSA days. They did a great job of separating UFOs from extraterrestrials. They drew a very large Great Wall of China between the two subjects. But in reality, at least in my opinion, it has to be one or the other. If they're not from here, they're from somewhere else. And if they are from somewhere else, who is flying them? Whether it's by remote control, telekinesis, or there are beings within the craft. And there are only those options, Tim. And yet the conversation that are that pardon me, the conversations that are being had regarding the subject never brings up extraterrestrial life or any type of extraterrestrial craft. It's all about the nuts and bolts. And I don't think I'm a fan of that. I really don't. You can have every eyewitness who in the military who's ever seen a UFO come forward. What are they going to give you that the public can't give you? Yeah, so Hoffman and Graves were allotted a scant 10 minutes apiece to finish their insights into the business end of the space domain. But there was a lot more spontaneity during their expansive Q&A sessions. And so obviously it was very much uh, directed towards the flight safety uh, and so um, a lot of the Q&A was directed towards Ryan Graves in his experience and why he felt that potentially um, not only do we have the debris up there, but there are other objects that we may not even be aware of. They're also flight risk. And that was really the part that was trying to be pressed by Graves. And then Hoffman's challenge was trying to show NATO's NATO a path for rolling the phenomenon into its list of space environment concerns, just in a very general way and picking up on Graves' riff on how so many near-miss scenarios helped fuel the creation of the military's all-domain anomaly resolution office, Arrow. And Hoffman urged listeners not to make the mistake of dismissing UFOs as an atmospheric anomaly. And so he illustrated with the famous 1976 Tehran incident in which two Iranian jet fighters briefly lost power while pursuing a UFO. And so there's a lot of momentum at the UN currently. And so pointing that out in this case is also pivotal to helping NATO 
take a chance at t- discussing this in a very serious way. And so that does, in fact, roll us into our next topic of the evening. However, we'll hit that when we come back. But please, your feelings on them bringing up Tehran in particular, which was a phenomenal case with, um, I believe, Avi Jaf- Jafar, I believe was the pilot's name. In an old and- F- F4 Phantom. Right. F4 Phantom. That's right. And it was uh, at the Maribad airport where it just had a massive impact on everyone around, including um, now let's consider in that case. Also, there was navigation and missile systems uh, that had electromagnetic electromagnetic effects that were recorded. So it's a pretty good case for them to have brought up. So, again, now we are bringing up the hazard aspect that you said that you're very frustrated with, but how do you feel they can, you know, again, bring this to NATO's attention in a way and fashion that they can prove is a real topic that needs to be addressed on a planetary level? Uh, hey, once again, I think the the idea that we have conversations going on is perfect. We need the conversations. The more this gets to as many countries as possible, the better it is that it opens up. And of course they're going to, uh, you know, focus on the UFO aspect, right? We're not ready for aliens. The public is not ready for aliens. So you have to break it in. And using the Tehran incident back in the 1970s, early eight, you know, I think it happened before the Shah was uh, deposed. You know, that incident there was phenomenal. I mean, literally the two F-4 Phantoms chasing around a UFO, it was very highly publicized. You know, where are those cases today, though? If if there's 300-plus sitting there, according to the U.S. government, where's the cockpit footage? Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. Well, um, during their presentation, Hoffman um, did bring up the the recent UFO that was seen in Russia, the UFO in the form of a ball over Rostov Oblast region in uh, in and around the January 9th or I'm sorry, January 3rd. And so, um, you know, was it a Ukrainian drone, mistaken identity or fabricated uh, story just designed to monitor the interest level of the U.S. intelligence, all potential? But um, it was brought up as something that either way needed to be addressed as an issue to investigate the reality of it so that either way they can make it a real topic or squash it and not have to worry about it in NATO's purview, at least. Well, you know what? Uh, the main thing is they're talking about it. You know, you got to start somewhere. It may not be the discussions that we want, all right? But you have to start somewhere. And that's always a good point. That is always a good point to make sure that, you know, we are heading in the and trending in the proper direction. So good on them for getting the conversation started. And you know what? We'll have to also monitor to see how much, you know, the U.S. government has influence over those words, those talks, as they start to enhance. Because this subject isn't going away. It needs to get busier. It really does. 
Yeah. How interesting was it very, uh, you know, to highlight here the fact that there was a Defense Department employee just happened to be in the uh, Scientific Coalition for UAP Studies Conference uh, audience and heard Rich Hoffman talking. Um, Brings up some question marks. Makes you wonder who's out there listening. Tim Senor, the UFO report continues on Spaced Out Radio. When we return, we are going to take a look at more UFO stories, including San Marino and Project Titan. We'll be right back. All right, we're clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a day. It's a good day. I was going to... It was a good day. I was going to send you a, a funny little two-minute video. My, Let's see. So my son and daughter are, you know, nine and ten, and they're really into making videos just like dad. Yeah. And they re- and so recently my company started doing commercials, and we had done a commercial for a national spot for somebody. Anyways, sure enough, my kids did their own version of that commercial with their puppets. And uh, had the product, like a, uh, they'd created their own version of the product. And it was the cutest thing I have ever seen in my life. And I must share it with you. You're going to laugh, oh, laugh, yeah. laugh. I want to see it. Yeah, yeah. They, they list the ingredients. And, of course, it's coming from a 10-year-old's mind. So right. it's just all fun and games. But that was my day, just hanging out, watching kid videos and doing a little editing myself good for you (laughs) yeah we spoke at some point i think you were swamped at work right Uh, you're a busy man i was a busy man today yeah It's, it's probably a good thing it makes makes your work day go quick right uh sometimes sometimes Sometimes. So, Golden Nugget, Las Vegas. The Golden Nugget, Las Vegas. Exciting stuff. I wonder if the UFOs will be in the skies for us to see. That will be fun. I mean, if Melinda Leslie is there, we've got a really good chance of seeing it. She's got magic gear. I don't know. Well, I think there's going to be enough. There really is going to be enough. Oh, yeah. You know, between you, Melinda, I'm waiting to hear hear back from Misha Johnson. And, um, And then you and Terry and Science Bob was going to bring some stuff, too. I'm bringing radar. You bring the radar, dude. I'll bring the radar. It's portable. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and Starlink. So we can do a show from out in the desert. Absolutely. Absolutely. Or something. <laughs> You have a plan for your shows, though, don't you? Well, we're there. 
Yeah. Everything's planned. It's going to be a great that. time. You know? I there, love that. There might you missed your schedule. There might even be random guy sightings. Interesting. Could, could you imagine? Random guy showing up at the Vegas party, flying into town with his cape and mask on. <laughs> and we wouldn't know that he was above us. We would never know. Flying silently. We would never, never know. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be really fun. Everyone will have a chance to make some great connections. Oh, yeah. See, see some friends in person that you already have made online, you know. The funny thing is, is meeting Dave, he's exactly what you see here on the screen. Fat. What you see is what you get. Fat. A hundred percent. He's easy to play jokes on, though, so. What are you talking about? Well, you know. You're you're a bit of a prankster <clears throat> yourself. What are you talking about? I, I don't do anything. When did I no, prank no. you? No, no. I, you can look at his face right there. He's, he screams, "Prank me!" <laughs> yep. Random guy's gonna go out and uh, uh, he's gonna go out put on and a wig. Put on a wig and and. Uh, <laughs> Show up as somebody else. <laughs> He's going to show up like, I, I don't know, looking like Hollywood Hulk Hogan. He could pull that off, actually. He could totally pull that off. <laughs> Thank you, Super Chatters. Monica, Greg, Deb, Cat Chaser, Jeff, Atlantis, and Steve. Hey, Mr. Catfish, how you doing? And uh, here we go with the next half hour, everyone. Round of third, headed for home. It's going to be a close play at the plate. But we are safe. How you doing? Dave Scott here. Space Down Radio. want to remind you that if you miss most of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. You do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the news wire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go. Final time tonight. We got our resident Timbit, little Timmy Senor in the UFO report going on right now, and we're heading to San Marino. What's up with Project Titan, my friend? Yeah, interesting week. It's been so busy everywhere, and so Project Titan was finally approved by San Marino, and so UFOs are set to be discussed at the UN for the first time since 1978. So pretty big news. And so today, the Parliament of San Marino voted, not just today, I'm sorry, the 19th of January, Parliament of San Marino voted in favor 
to participate in Project Titan, meaning specifically that Marino will support and submit a proposal for the UN for the creation of a permanent office tasked with the preparation of a periodic global conference dedicated to the scientific study of UFOs, otherwise known as UAP. And so in total, 25 members voted in favor of the project, whilst two abstained and two voted against. But the proposal will now be submitted to the UN Secretary General before undergoing preliminary examination and discussion. Following this, the proposal would be submitted to a vote at General Assembly. And so if successfully passed, the UN would run the new offices, which organizes periodic conferences hosted by San Marino, becoming the, quote, Geneva of global UAP studies. These conferences would be accessible to private and state-backed researchers and organizations. And so also known as Project Titan, the proposal is created and managed by Paolo Giazzardi on behalf of the Centro Ufology, Ufolo, sorry, the Center for Ufology Study in Nationale or the CUN, and so Italy's main ufological organization and international coalition for extraterrestrial research is called ICER. And so now we know that in this quote, today the nation of San Marino has made a momentous decision, meaning that the UFO phenomenon will now be discussed where it belongs, at the United Nations, the highest council of humanity, and so this project is hugely important in today's world when observing nations are trans, observing transmedium objects in their skies and seas. And so against the backdrop of conflicts, like all over the world battles that we are now seeing in the headlines, it is this topic which can promote a positive cooperation so that we can help solve an enigma which we all face. And this one topic can unite our planet and counter our tendency for conflict. And so what are your thoughts now that we know this is moving forward? Something also incredibly positive, am I right? Well, I, I think it is positive. Anytime there's growth, there's positivity, right? And that's what we're looking yeah. at here is, the po is growth and positivity. And that's what we want right is spreading the subject around i mean first you know you're going to have nato talking about it now with uh, san marino coming on in that only means good things the conversation will happen the question that we have to be aware of though all these sorts of talks are great tim but are they going to make it back to the public is the information going to make it back to the public the only hope we have is that there isn't too much U.S. control regarding this subject heading into that conversation. You know, now so San Marino is a sovereign nation surrounded by Italy, as it's kind of caught in the middle. There's only like 33,000 people in that entire country. But we hope that that sovereign nation can actually do something to bring positivity to this subject at a much higher level. That's the beauty of having a seat within the United Nations. Can it happen? Who knows? Depends on what the Allies say. We know the U.S. isn't saying anything. They don't want to say anything. 
right? They're an enigma of their own. Your thoughts? Well, I was excited to see Lou Elizondo behind this, and he actually came out recently with a statement in support of this decision. And in part of the statement, he even goes on to say that he and his group, we, in this quote, he says, we have been working this issue diligently for several years and consider this a big win for all of humanity. 2023 is already turning out to be a monumental year for this topic, and I am proud to have been an integral part of Project Titan from its in its inception. And so extremely positive words coming from someone that we know has been very close to this topic and has been very clear about his movement in this direction. And so are we going to hear anything publicly, potentially through Lou Elizondo and his work? I mean, we are starting to see some buzz from him through Twitter and other sources in media. And so hopefully we will get a little bit of an idea of what is being talked about behind the closed doors of the UN. And so hopefully we won't only hear the topic of the threat narrative and what debris is in our skies. Maybe they will really discuss UFO and the reality of what you and I know is up there. Well, and, and that's where we got to remain positive because we don't know what that conversation is going to be like. That being said, we still need to be able to to figure out where they're going with the conversation. That's what I want to know. Where are they going with the conversation? Just like I said uh, before, okay, is this about UFOs? Is this about aliens? Is it about both? We need to know. Right. And let's also consider here the other side of the coin, because we know very much that this is an absolute repeat of a performance that took place 35 years ago. And they came to a conclusion back then that it wasn't an issue, right? And they were able to convince <clears throat> other countries that things that they were seeing were not of a great enough importance for them to spend time of, you know, talking about it in the UN. Now we also know that they are going to be talking about this in other places. But the fact is, that we don't know exactly how it is being discussed behind closed doors. Will it get brushed off? Will they see it as just another way for people to push their own personal narrative that appear polarized one way or another? And that is the danger of this non-transparency and no public access, no public oversight. No, um, I mean, you had a pretty good idea, you know, having um, some form of uh, public influence in there, whether it's just to listen or potentially represent, um, it needs to be there. And I think you're absolutely right. But I do feel that, you know, we could see this just going down that same narrative that it spent 75 years trying to cover up all of its misguided funding, all of its cover up programs, all of the skeletons in the closet. Will we see a continuation of that? Will they brush it aside in the UN? Are they going to brush it aside as we see it creeping towards the Pentagon? It's all very 
touch and go. It depends on who they're talking to and if they're listening. I'm also curious to see on this, Tim, how long it takes other countries to react to the knowing that this subject is going to come up for discussion. It would also be interesting to know how many countries reach out to the leaders of San Marino to have private presidential type talks regarding UFOs and the topic at hand. Yeah, they're going to have to because recently Australia came out with a big unclassified document that names names, times, and places. And it includes some events that are absolutely unexplainable, and they include the details in this report. It's something that at some point is going to cross the right desk and go in front of the right people and become an undeniable fact, kind of the way we saw the Wilson Davis document brought into the fold this year. That was massive. We need more stuff like that being brought under scrutiny and looked into because if valid, it verifies a lot of details in our history that have been covered up. And the fact the Pentagon claims to want to know, you know, um, this committee was designed to dig up all of those um, dirty deeds, if you will, the cover-ups. They want to know about Roswell. Well, I hope that they do. I hope that they get the original newspaper clippings. I hope that they do the right due diligence and talk to the first and second hand witnesses that are still available because we know the talk, the clock is ticking on those people. Is it about bringing experiences like earlier on, you mentioned the Tehran incident. Is it about bringing those type experiences to the table at the UN or is it about bringing the knowledge that we already have because there's many countries out there due to national security that probably don't want to get into a lot of the science behind this phenomena, whether it's the USA, Russia, China, to name three. Yeah, and it's a good point that you're bringing up because data from satellites things like that, that we don't share publicly, do get shared. So when we're able to show things that are basketball size and larger, that are just debris, and we see other things that are moving that are questionable, well, we're able to share that information on a high level. Now, assuming they gave that information just in this article, that that information exists. So what that tells us as the audience is that they can absolutely prove one way or another whether this needs to be discussed and how it needs to be discussed, and at what point it needs to be elevated to we need to do something now. And I'm not sure if that was directly your question. Well, let's get into it. A little team of Sinor, let's, let's say you're, uh, you're San Marino. How are you wanting to get into this conversation? Right. Well, obviously, and I know from people that are close to this topic that the obvious UFO um let's just call it tourism factor was the big draw for them initially. And I think that that has been a big part of the conversation, knowing that this is a little town that does depend on tourism. Now let's also discuss the fact that it could bring quite a lot of highlight to the fact that this is in existence. And if it can be topical and pivotal on a movement, let's call it the new Geneva for this topic. I liked that. Because we need that kind of neutrality on this topic. Because, yes, some of this will be our own 
debris. It will be our own satellites or military uh, um, things, if you will. And so we need to collectively weed that out. And the discussion needs to be had on a level that we don't need to know about as the public. We need to know the results as the public, but I don't think we need to know how they get to it because fair in all fairness, there are definitely Dave, I think you'll even admit certain things that we're not ready for as the public. We don't want to know that they can read your ID when you hold it up in the air. We don't want to know that, right? We, we can assume it's true, but um, I think that it digs a little bit deeper and I think that it is something that absolutely needs to be discussed. And why not a beautiful part of the world of San Marino, Italy? Oh, uh, hey, I'm not saying it isn't a beautiful part of the world. You know, I mean, that's great for tourism. But in the end, you know, where are we going with that conversation? I know I sound like a broken record. I know I do. Right. You know, but... Right. Yeah, how, yeah, how much are they going to open up? See, here's what I think happens. If if I could give my scenario, and I could please. be completely wrong, I think what happens now is the leaders of San Marino, whether they have a president or prime minister, I'm not too sure. Probably is going to take some phone calls from the U.S. government, from Britain, from other allies, Italy, of course. Probably a lot of the European Union. Uh, what, do you, what, what kind of aliens are you going to be talking about there? You know, are you getting into lasers? Are you getting into physics? Are you getting into the chemistry of it all? How are you doing with this? What are you doing with this? And that's where some of that deep conversation is going to happen. And I think that's where maybe some of the allies say, you know what? You may not want to bring this part of the conversation up. You may not want to bring up the whole idea that there is no threat narrative. You may not want to bring up aliens and ET contact. You may not want to bring up any sort of certain photographs or videos because our enemies may not like it. There's a lot of conversation that is going on, or at least I would assume will go on before San Marino gets their opportunity to stand up at the podium at the UN and talk about UFOs. Yeah, and I think the way it really worked is that there were a group of people from all over the world that sat in San Marino and discussed whether this topic would go before the UN is my understanding because 25 members of that group voted in favor, right? While two abstained and two voted against, they weren't all from San Marino. These are, this is a collective group that decided. And so the proposal will now be submitted to the UN's uh, secretary general before undergoing a preliminary examination and discussion. Um, and then following that, the proposal would be submitted to a vote at the General Assembly. So it's got a long way to go still. This is very much the very beginning, right? And they're only proposing to put together a committee and basically, like we're saying, a Geneva setup sort of scenario in San Marino where they would address it annually. 
And so it's the creation of a permanent office there. Preparation of a periodic global conference also dedicated. So let's consider that this has a long way to go. It'll probably go through because it'll absolutely fit the bill for what's happening. Everyone seems to be in support so far. So it's just interesting to see who is saying yes and who is saying no. And a lot of the countries that you have to assume are saying yes have a stockpile of evidence. I know Spain has evidence. Australia has evidence. And they're willing to talk about it. They're not so hung up on the details of how they acquired it like the United States are. They're not so hung up on secrecy. And so we may see this topic prevail there. Uh, can I play devil's advocate here for a second? Please. Okay. The United States is the world's bodyguards. Australia, my home here in Canada, you know, San Marino, every other dinky little country out there that has a military that's still using most of their gear that's 40 plus years old. Of course, they are not going to be in this for anything else. It's easy for them. It's a it's an easy topic to, you know, explore. There's nothing on the line. Whereas, you know, we may bug the American government and the American military for how many secrets they're they're keeping, and we do on, on this show on a nightly basis. You know that. That's why I'm called devil's advocate right now. But when you're literally protecting the world from a nut bar in Russia and another nut bar in China and a nut bar in North Korea and other nut bars around the world, you have to be able to have some toys that nobody knows about. That's what Area 51 and places like that are for. Right? I mean, that's way off the UFO front. But if they are getting some of that technology from back engineering crash retrievals, if there is any crash retrievals, which I tend to believe there are, others that we know will say no, random guy, we still have to be prepared for the technology to protect us from some moron out there who wants to get goofy. So there is that, Tim, as we've got about a minute to go. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. But that's why the conversation needs to be kind of now. And I feel if it's a, it's an hour, never, right. It got passed by 35 years ago. Now is the time. So I see it getting all the way forward. I see it passing. I see this topic being addressed annually. I see reports. I see it being addressed. Um, again, I do feel like the fact that they pressed it with the urgency of it being a conflict in our airspace and, the, and we are putting more and more things up into, into the air, it needs to be addressed. Now is the time. And that's why I'm surprised that two abstained and two voted against. That's as good as a vote no. Why would four people not want to know? That is literally like, don't look up. Very true. Very, very true. My friend, it is that time of the night where we have to say good night to you. So thank you so much for being with us on the UFO Report once again. Thank you for having me. 
Thank you for having me. Are you going to chat with the random guy tonight, or what do you got planned for the rest of the night? Well, right now I'm going to end the show. Okay. And I'm going to say thank you to you, thank the you. Swamp Dweller, to Wallace Wagner for coming on, making some great radio tonight. We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at work, at home, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Twitch, LGAB, Facebook, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter at hashtag Spaced Out Radio. Remember, this show is copyrighted by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us. Because together, my friends, we're watching. We own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. You take us home. Take us home. Yes, the Wu train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, we got room for them, too. Good night. Domino's Mix and Match menu has items for every occasion. Flaked on your friend's open mic night? Flaky bread twists and molten lava cake should do the trick. Soccer team duty? Medium two-topping pizzas and stuffed cheesy bread are your best defense. Is it your dog's half birthday? <coughs> Celebrate his biggish day with savory sandwiches and tender specialty chicken. Mix and match two or more items for $6.99 each at Domino's. Ask for this offer two item minimum prices, participation, delivery area, and charges may vary. Bone and wings, bread bowl pasta, and pan pizza will cost extra. Local stores have delivery fees and can charge extra for some menu items.